Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last talk. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. On the way to Sirius the other day, I was driving into the studio and someone was bent over, right? It was just like a thing. And I was like near this sort of like, you know, homeless people, right? Like this whole whatever you call them, right? He was near this little human encampment. Beings. Human beings. Human beings. Yes, people. But he was bent over the, he was bent over the, this entity was bent over a thing. And the first thing I thought yeah. was I drove past and I was like, man, that homeless woman's got the craziest badonkadonk. There you Thick go. But I was like looking at it. I was yeah. driving. I was just like, wow, 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 wow. wow, wow. wow. And then like they they got up. They like you know they stood yeah, up. It was, it was a, a man. It was an old was a man. man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was really? a super old man. I was <laughs> like, holy god, yeah. no, what is happening? <laughs> right. Well, and welcome, welcome to the last podcast on the left. <laughs> Hopefully today's episode has slightly more mystery than Henry uh, seeing what we thought was a female butt. It turns out to be a male butt. It, hey, uh, which is interesting. Marcus, Henry, myself, Ben, hanging out. Yeah, and I wasn't displeased. Good. Good for you, uh, why buddy. Why would you be? A luscious ass is a luscious ass, no matter who it's attached to. We learned to. that from David Bowie, oh, yeah. indeed, have we not? But we've done episodes before on psychic vampires, right? Yeah. We've talked about oh, psychic yeah. vampires in the past, and now, obviously, you watch that show, The What We Do in the Shadow yeah, Show, right? Yeah, yeah, right, great right? show. And sure. they, they have a character on that show. Yeah. That is Colin Robinson, but isn't because he's like a low energy. He's an energy vampire. Yes, yeah. he's the he vampire. A psychic vampire. Um. And we're about to do an episode about another one. All right. Well, <laughs> now, there it is. I love this guy, right? I have no problems with Chris Bledsoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the more I, did, I knew I was down on my luck, right? He's a trustworthy guy. I had multiple near-death experiences. It's probably on you at some point. Right? <laughs> and then I went, and they all wanted me to take them fishing. Yeah. And I told them I'm not into fishing. Yeah. I am struggling. You can't do this the whole episode. No, you no. can't do this the whole episode. This is almost like a Holden McNeely character, <laughs> no. like slow-talking Morris. I've I, you had can't experiences deal beyond this world. You know what we're going to do? do this. Let's, t- let's listen to Let's listen at 1.5 speed. These experiences. <laughs> there you go. They have torn apart my oh, family. All right, all right, all right. Well, why are you yeah. talking like that? Well, it's because we're about to talk about the Fayetteville incident. Or is it Fayetteville? I don't want to fucking do this already. Actually, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting story because right. Fayette. 
Thank was you. of course a Frenchman that had <laughs> been in the area during the formation of the town. <laughs> it's almost somehow racist. <laughs> All right, let's now, go on. Now today's story is widely known as the Fayetteville incident. Wait, because so you're going with Fayetteville? I'm That's going with Fayetteville, and you need to turn down the. I know your asshole is burning, buddy. Right I'm now, flame, you are heating it up. You're heating it throughout the. It's heating throughout the room. I'm sorry. Yes, because <laughs> I can feel your pain. I, I, can, I can too. I, I can feel it. <laughs> yes, I know you're in pain. It was 25 cent wing night, and I didn't know that Flamin' Hot Cheeto wings existed. And I was like, two, two orders, but you have to get 10 minimum each order. Anyway, I am. That is the whole. That's the Kissel incident. I'm <laughs> Kissel incident. I don't. <laughs> I can't. Wow. I can't even drink my Rockstar. I don't think. God, it's hurting your belly that bad. That's how bad it is. Wow. Oh. All right. The Fayetteville, Fayetteville incident. Now today's story is widely known as the Fayetteville incident because that's how it was introduced to the world in a MUFON-produced Discovery <laughs> Channel show called UFOs Over Earth. Boo! I actually love that. That's great. Very I like simplistic. the name, but yeah. it's cool. But MUFON did this psychic vampire dirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That show aired in 2008 and only lasted three episodes. But over the course of the Fayetteville Incident episode, the subject of today's last podcast on the left, Chris Bledsoe, was portrayed as a man who presented himself as an honorable individual, but was most likely perpetrating a UFO hoax for oh, attention. The best part of speaking at this cadence <sighs> 1. Oh, what's is that 1. It's speed. <laughs> so easy to make up lies because I have plenty of time oh, God, to, to think, figure out to figure out the lies. What it is, the, what it is that you want to say? You want to lie say. about Chris? <laughs> Good Lord, you couldn't even be found guilty of a crime. I listened to three hours of this man. <laughs> That's on you. Now, considering the story we're about to tell, also I, he probably said like three sentences the whole. <laughs> I knew that time um, was dialed. All right, that was hour one. <laughs> now, considering the story we're about to tell, I can see how MUFON came to this conclusion because it's well known in the UFO community that MUFON is more concerned with the nuts and bolts aspects of mm -hmm. UFOs. As a matter of fact, they kept inviting Chris Bledsoe out to talk about his experiences, and then they would literally make fun of him. He would get heckled oh. at these MUFON talks. Well, we'll get to that later on. Come on. Well, MUFON does not deal in any sort of Jacques Vallée or John Keel style theories about the paranormal, and they mostly ridicule the sort of Fortean ideas that we explored on our Mothman series. But when it comes to the story of Chris Bledsoe, I'd say it's one of those rare cases in which, if you believe him, mm. it has elements of both a nuts and bolts story and a high strangeness Fortean tale. Say what you will about Chris Bledsoe, but the man... I've never said anything wrong about say him. Say what you <laughs> will. He seems like a fine gentleman. I know what you've said in private, okay. and I won't let everyone else know what you've said in private. Thank you. All right, but I will tell you that he knows his orbs. I believe it. We watched a video on the stream. He yeah. was very articulate about when he was filming that orb. Mm -hmm. I know if you saw an orb, and if you didn't, it'd be a lot cooler if, if you, you did. did thank you now for matthew mcconaughey after a stroke <laughs> now for our source today we have chris bledsoe's version of the story a better written than most ufo book called ufo of god mm -hmm. the extraordinary true story of chris bledsoe by chris bledsoe mm, great 
As you can probably tell from the title, Chris can be overly pompous at times, and some parts of his tale are almost certainly embellished, if not outright fabricated, for the sake of a good story. Mm. But... When it comes down to it, I truly do believe that Chris Bledsoe did have experiences outside the realm of known science at certain points in his life. Okay. At, at what point does someone carpet bomb their own life yeah. so thoroughly that you, you know, because, yes, you could say mental spiral. They're on some kind of like, you know, they're freaking out. Everything's falling you apart. You never know what life that, brings. And that the UFO stuff kind of comes along with that. But I, we always say, what do these guys get? Out of telling these stories, nothing. nothing they just get their lives destroyed. We, I purchased well, I, I two heard... copies of UFO of God today, and mm. b- because of that, just that's to make the... sure the mailman didn't steal one of them, <laughs> because the... you know how they're always stealing <laughs> the always. UFO books. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, they're like Nikes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they pass up my Jordans. Yeah, UFOs and Jordans, two but, most collected things from the market. But yeah, there's something to the story that it's got some weight because again, if it if it doesn't. This guy is fucking jacked. You know, like, and there's no way that's not, not there's no way that's possible. No not way. in Fayetteville. No. no. But like many authors of his ilk, Chris buries what are likely his real experiences in a mountain of unbelievable stories that were most likely extraordinarily vivid dreams. Mm. The problem is that he presents them as fact. Or Bledsoe at times might be presenting gross embellishments of actual events, because as we say, the true study of the paranormal is as painstaking and tedious as any other realm of science. You know, there's nothing sexy about the ball yeah. that rolls across the floor. Uh, yeah, there is. If, you're sitting and you've been, sexy. if you've been watching the ball for a long time, for many, yeah. many, many hours, and then it is then moved by phenomenological movement then you I mean that's gripping yeah. I mean he didn't, he didn't lie he didn't say he was a firefighter on 9-11 that saved a bunch of babies or something no he did he say just, he, yeah. it's still his life right yeah well, it's still his life ish ish but yeah, we'll get there I mean again it destroyed his whole family yes. great yeah, good, for good. many many years well, that's what you want Nevertheless, let's get into Chris Bledsoe's story, which involves orbs, tiny aliens, the CIA, (laughs) Pope Francis. It does. It gets all the way to Frankie. And so much more. Are flaming hot wings brought up at all? No, no, no. You're (laughs) providing that content. Jeez Louise. Now, before we get into this story, it's important to note that Chris Bledsoe is what you'd call a regular Joe. He's a typical white American family man through and through. He worked most of his life in construction, and he speaks with a thick thick North Carolina accent that somehow sounds like Matthew McConaughey. He does a Matthew kind McConaughey of, kind of. when he is shooting videos, and I've noticed well, Matthew McConaughey is Texan. I, have yeah, now, I know, that's what I mean by somehow. That's oh. the thing. I've watched so much material now of Chris Bledsoe that I know that it depends on his confidence level. When mm. he's shooting orbs, it turns into, oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. Mm-hmm. He gets a little higher in his register. Oh. When he's talking about the many trials and tribulations of his life, mm-hmm dips into a bit of a Forrest Gump oh. where you do because I do notice he was going to be like I've been through many many near death experiences a lot and right. then I met one time I fell off the top of a construction area because I right. was following a dollar bill 
Yeah, that is unfortunate. Well, you never know. In a goo lot. <laughs> right. a day. Well, a dollar bill is a dollar saved. If you can find that one on the ground, pick it up if you can. Yeah. yeah. But, he just, he but gets, don't chase it off the top of a building. It's, well, unless it's, you can really grab it. And it's, cartoon launch. it's cartoon launching. It's one dollar. Yeah. Well, as Henry says, he is one of the most Give about four fucking flaming Hot Wings for Wednesday wing night. <laughs> I feel like it's not worth it. Oh, for yeah, it's, it's not done. worth it. I'm never, not worth never it. doing it again. It's not worth it. Not everything has to have fucking flaming Hot in it. Well, Chris <sighs> is one of the most accident-prone individuals I've ever heard of, specifically oh. when it comes to fire. Yeah, he's been set on fire a couple of times. <laughs> Come on. This guy is like, seriously, you don't want to be within 15 feet of this guy. He is bad luck. He's the yeah. lightning strike guy, just the guy who constantly just like, how does that happen? Six, 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 is the Luckless. word that I would use to describe him. Yeah, so every time you step off a curb in New York City and you kind of sprain your ankle, but you don't, and you're like, whoo-hoo, but he breaks his leg. Oh, yeah, he rolls yeah. into the street. Yeah. Born in North Carolina, Chris claims that at the age of two, he was drawn to a trash fire behind his home. Mm. Quote, drawn. Okay, <laughs> you got to do it right. <laughs> Quote, okay, fine, I'll do it right. Quote, drawn to which... That what he did not yeah. understand. It's a trash fire. <laughs> I, what don't you understand about the simplest thing to understand? Even cavemen understood. Flames. How can colors be dangerous? <laughs> well, Man. he's two. He's two years old. I understand that. Yeah. And even by two-year-old logic, you you that hot feels like I'm getting hot. He was curious. <laughs> He's curious. Well, Chris got close enough to the flames to catch himself on fire, which covered him in third degree burns. But he was two. He was a kid, so he grew out of it. Yeah, and they, I knew this doctor said if I wasn't so young, I would be completely covered in a cobweb of mysterious scars. Yeah, it's, absolutely. This book is a bummer. <laughs> it's a fucking like it. bummer. Dude. It really sounds like it. Well, after that, at the age of six, Chris fell off his bunk bed, hit his face on the bedside table, knocked out half his teeth, huh. and he got had to get 24 stitches. Interestingly, the Bledsoe family doctor was a one Jeffrey McDonald who annihilated his family in a bizarre Manson family copycat killing yep. that will get a full episode treatment this November. Yeah, it's, dude. Now, what the hell? How many people lived in this town? Dude. Well, not, five, five, no, Fayetteville's a town of like 200,000. It's like the size of Lubbock. But still, yeah, per capita, you got a home evacuator and a man who saw a bunch of aliens all in one town of 200K? I don't know what's in the water. Something. I don't know what's in that damn aquifer. But when it comes to Chris Bledsoe and his fascinations, he claimed that as early as he remembered, He's always been fascinated by glowing balls. <laughs> I love yeah, buddy, I their tremendous light. I love the shape of the circle mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's easy to put in your hands. Oh, sounds really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, first it was the moon. He was obsessed with the moon. Love the moon. Yeah, the moon's really <laughs> love that one. Yeah, great, Chris. What an exciting conversation yeah. we're having. You know what else I like? I like Spider-Man, Superman. You know, you can fly. Some- you know what I like? Yeah, I like- what about it? basketball but not the game just the ball itself yeah you yes. are fun man this is a guy love there i love our childhood together yeah first he, he loved the moon and love then moon. he had these glow-in-the-dark balls that his mother gave him uh-huh. he loved those that's great and then you're he started, my fathers that, that's really nice then he started drawing circles you know he's just drawing circles okay, after balls. circle after circle he's drawing the moon i he's, mean he's drawing anything circular look I, mama look 
It's the moon. It's a circle. <laughs> it's the moon. It's another circle. And look, mama, look. Hey, have you ever looked at the moon and saw it be like, kind of like a like a nail, like kind of a crescent? That's moon? when I don't look at the you moon. You don't look at the That's moon. That's when I don't like it. You don't it. like that moon. No. Look at this picture, That's mama. That's a circle. It's the sun. <laughs> yeah, but it's a circle. Mm-hmm. All right. Perhaps, Chris <laughs> strongly hints, he was destined to one day tangle with the orb genre of UFOs oh. later in life. Oh, so they're setting <laughs> them up for it. He didn't say that specifically. No, I'm what? just taking the hints. Like when I'm saying circles, moons, circles, moons, glowing balls, glowing. loving all of these. Yes. I think it'd be tits. <laughs> Orbs. No, no, breasts aren't actually circles. No. But you boil them down. If you boil if you them boil down, them we're just going to move Tits aren't on. circles at all. We're just going to move it on. I'm drawing them, right? Uh-huh. If I got to draw them, you would be drawing them wrong. Well, you yeah, start you with the circle. You'd be drawing that's both That's not how you draw. I don't know how to draw, but I know that's not how you, you draw. You could do a long circle, like an oval. <laughs> that's not <laughs> a circle. Just you just said that it wasn't a circle. It's an oval. Yeah, that's right. That's like a circle. It's like, but it's, <laughs> it's not, not a I'm circle. I'm not a fucking geometrist. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris's first experience with high strangeness came one night after a service at his family's Baptist church in 1971, when Chris was just 10 years old. He said that he was waiting for his mother to pick him up when he quite suddenly found himself locking eyes with a giant owl that oh. stood just two feet from his face. And if you believe cool. anybody else who have seen UFOs, any sort of these close encounters of the first kind, when you were just seeing these first things. First kind? Yes. These oh. owls are heavily featured in the world of Grays. Yeah. And so, and, and, and also, the Mothman of the orb. But you, it's, ooh, astute, mm. because Mothman mm. is also associated with owls. We talk about this. There's yes. the Moloch, like the an ancient mm-hmm. entity that people talk, talk about all the time. We talk about this every night up. at 930 for our talks. Every <laughs> night when we sit around our fire that we build in a parking lot of a 7-Eleven, yeah. we always have these chats. And uh, also owls are, people connected a lot to the Lady of Fatima. Ah, the Lady of Fatima. Fatima, which is a religious... Uh, some say group hallucination, some say vision of a of a lady that's also going to come up a little yeah. bit, but not that much. I'm the man of Fartima right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> really unfortunate. I know, it really is. I've actually made a horrible mistake. <laughs> now, there's a reason why Twin Peaks features owls oh, so heavily. Yes. You know, like owls, they've been associated with the paranormal for centuries. Some, such as ancient Roman Pliny the Elder, describe owls as, quote, the very monster of the night. <laughs> the very monster of the night. I hate owl. <laughs> Why would anybody hate the owl? They clean up your rodents. They never attack Get people. Get out of here, owl! All they're doing, all they're doing is asking questions. Ooh, interrogating the night. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Pliny argued that when an owl appears, it foretells nothing but evil. And sure enough, hmm. just a few days after coming face to face with a big hoot. This owl proved to be a portent of near fatal doom for Chris Bledsoe. He definitely ties these two, but they were they were far apart. Yeah, that's a little a few days with the next thing that happens. And yeah, a few, I mean, isn't a few that days. Time? Yeah, portents of doom have no time. See, my mom I saw an just, owl. My mom yeah. saw an owl for some reason. She said it's pop up. Your mom just says that about every dead relative. Any, every single when, time an unanimal approaches uh-huh. my mother, she's like. Oh my God! It's your grandfather. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know it's why. It's just a thirsty lizard trying to <laughs> yeah. bathe in the pool you bought yes. them. Yeah. Uh, well, strangely, this began a lifelong relationship between Chris Bledsoe and owls. Just like Big Boy from Outcast. We talked about this. That's Big right. Boy has owls. Yeah, yeah, he's obsessed with owls. Yeah, yes, with and owls. they're very smart. Apparently, they actually make 
fairly good pets. Yeah, they well, can I mean, be you fine. have to let them be owls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You oh, can't, yeah. They can't let them like play around with your toddler. No, <laughs> no. Although, again, have owls ever hurt people? I, 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 they I'm, don't. Why are they harbingers of doom? They're scary. They're yeah. at night. Yeah, they weird people out. You know, they used to scare the shit out of me when yeah. I was a kid. They're big. They're yeah. also bigger than you think they are. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I guess I've never really even interacted with them. they fly right at you. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. Well, while out hunting Dove with his family, Chris's cousin accidentally shot Chris in the back with a shotgun at fairly close range, yeah. thinking that his 10-year-old cousin was a dove fluttering out of the bushes. And the doctor said, yeah. if it wasn't for my youth, because I have 13 BBs still in my body. <laughs> Which are orbs. To this day. <laughs> I still seem to be attracting many tiny orbs. Yeah, are you just sort of looking in the mirror backwards and you just see 13 orbs that are technically just in your skull? The doctor said it was a miracle of God that these BBs didn't <laughs> affect any of my internal organs. They may have affected your brain. <laughs> just my attitude. So yeah. he's burnt to a crisp when he's yeah, due. burnt to his crisp. Shot in the head with a shotgun when he's dead. Shot yep. in the shoulder. In the shoulder. In the, in the shoulder. shoulder. Okay. Shot, but he says the, the, the pellets are still just falling out of him. Yeah, they, they still fall. Well, I mean, the pellets stay in there for a while. I got yeah. shot when I was a kid in a fairly similar fashion. Nothing anywhere near this bad. I only got peppered by maybe like 10 or 12. Are they right. still in you? No. They no, fell out. They're oh. all out. I just don't want to be behind him in the TSA line. Oh, yeah. beep, sir, beep, beep, beep. sir, can you just go? Oh, never mind. I have a bunch of bullets Honestly, in my body. This is just another terrible story of my <laughs> past. Like, sir, just get on the plane. Get on the plane. Yeah, he had 300 birdshot wounds in his upper shoulder, and those pellets came near a half inch from his spine. Chris believes that he should have died that day, but he said that he owes his life. To the owl. Why? To the, the owl. The owl didn't Why? tell him to. He, he <laughs> yeah. still got shot. I'm actually confused on that. He did. It's fine. He's just. He, well, instead of owl. seeing the owl as a harbinger of sorrow, Chris said that the giant owl kept him alive, saying with a fair amount of grandiosity that the owl was an omen from God. That Chris was destined for something important later on in life. He made it to this show, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yeah, he's in his what seventies. Uh, he's on sixty-one years old. My God, That's he doesn't it? look good. No, I no, no. Saw, I saw. You, I, 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 and I'm on no judgment. He's lived a hard life. He I has. do understand he's been through quite a bit. He has. But I saw because it was weird. It was all next to each other. It was like a video of Tom Cruise who's sixty-one and a video of Chris Bledsoe who's sixty-one. <laughs> Very decidedly different, different outcome. Yes, different lives. Course. But yeah. he was also on an episode of Beyond Skinwalker. So he's out there. He's a whole like UFO of God just got to re-release. He's been he's in the zeitgeist right now. For yeah. Okay, he really is. And, and you know, and there's yeah, there's a bunch of wacky wooey woo shit going on here. But I do want to stress that I do think that his initial encounter mm. with UFOs is legitimate. I do also, too. I just put it together. Robert Bigelow, the number one financier of Ron DeSantis, was the guy who owned Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, it's really bad. He's loved aliens. An alien-like activity his whole life. Robert yes. Bigelow will play a part in the story. Really? Oh, yeah. Of course. And okay. His octopus you... tentacles get into all of this so show. So yeah. weird. Are you fucking kidding me? He's the one that He fucking... loves him. He loves he the pudding pop? Well, we're not going to get into it because he said he's now he doesn't like the campaign strategy, so he's taking his money oh, back. Oh, he doesn't but like- But he was the first funder, yeah. Oh, he wow. doesn't like the campaign strategies? <laughs> <laughs> but-, <laughs> well, but the numbers are only going down. Well, unfortunately, this omen from God did not save Chris Bledsoe from repeated accidents. Not even oh. close to That's being over. He keeps talking about all this stuff about these UFOs protecting him, but they 
They it don't. didn't do a heck of a lot. No. No. More horrific burns. When he was 17, the radiator on his Trans Am exploded in his face, wow. covered him in scalding hot antifreeze. Oh, that my. was probably his fault, though. Yeah. Yeah, you got to wait. You got to wait until it cools down before you take the radiator cap off, because otherwise that thing fucking explodes. I mean, technically, all three of these could be his fault, because you're not supposed to step in front of the person with the shotgun either, and although it, I'll give him a reprieve on that well, one. Well, he was also... So it's just two out of three. He fault. was hunting with three other 10-year-olds. <laughs> right, yeah. It's so, a high bill. Yes. I don't know if they were 10-year-olds. They were other kids. Yeah, they were In the kids. book, it gives it more context about okay. how, like, they took their father's guns to go out and hunt. He's <laughs> just like, he I was because my gun... Honestly, in many ways, if I could, you'd marry the gun. You'd marry the gun. Yes, yes, you would. Great. <laughs> More well, of an elope. Yeah, I'm excited for the sex scene that they uh, that they have coming up, like the movie It or the book It, rather. Unfortunately, oh, so you're saying when all the children in the forest, all these children gang bang uh, the gun? Cool. Wow. <laughs> Than I thought. It. That's cool, though. Wow, that's yeah. great. You really yeah. put that together better than Due I did. Due to yeah. it, a penis shrinking X, <laughs> my penis does fit you perfectly the into the tube. Yeah. I call it a tube <laughs> of the gun. And it's kind of an orb, isn't it? It is. And it, well, yeah. you know, again, it's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Love and circles. Soon after, though, Chris married his high school sweetheart, Aww. and he got a job with his dad working construction full time. Great. Tragically, the sweetheart was killed in a car accident after a keg party a short time later. Because he went and he saw her talking to her former high school crush, right? And even though they were high school, I don't really understand how it works. He saw her and he was so enraged, he left in a huff. And then when she left after to get him, because they were all too drunk. None of them yeah, of course, were driving. It's a keg party, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then she died, yeah. Yeah, she, sad. yeah. extremely sad. Well, this is back in the days, you know, people died in car accidents like every other. Like you got a call that someone died oh, in a car it, accident well, like it's once also, a month. It was dead man's curve. Yeah. So she yeah. died on dead man's curve, and then also it was funny the way that they didn't change it; they just named no. it dead man's curve. So you know now. Well, you're supposed to know now. You're that's supposed really, to. It, know. That's supposed to be a warning. Yeah. Yes, I know. Well, still in grief, Chris returned to work and had another accident, hmm. falling through three stories of scaffolding after the structure gave way oh, and he bounced off each metal bracing, crashed through each piece of plywood on the way down like so much plinko. Many said I fell in a serpentine bug. Bunny fashion, <laughs> right. but I imagine was amusing from afar. It does sound your whole life was amusing from afar. But as the object <laughs> yeah. who was falling, so horrible. It yeah. was bad. It was, sounds bad. Yeah. Well, shortly after recovering yet again, Chris was introduced to the woman who would become his second and final wife. Oh wow! Yvonne. We don't know yet. <laughs> We don't know if it's Neil He's back on TV. Yeah, Neil Young got divorced at like 65. I figured after 60, you just stick it out. But mm, yeah. I watched the Soft White Underbelly, one of my favorite shows. They yeah, did yeah. an interview with a divorce attorney. He said the saddest thing he ever saw was a 92-year-old man getting divorced from his wife of 50. It's like 60, 70 years just or something. Stick be, together. Because he met a 50-year-old that wants to suck his dick. And literally, this guy was like, I was just praying that one day, this feeling of being led by my penis would leave me. But we are just locked into this shit. Wow. My God. Well, also, you can just say no. Just say no. Yeah, or just go just get just your dicks. Yeah. Just, or just go off. get your fucking dick sucked and don't divorce after 61. Nope. After 50 years, you're allowed to get your dick sucked once. <laughs> just depends on my who. Exactly. Live from your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? 
She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Well... In 1988, Yvonne gave birth to their first son, Chris Jr. But, of course, the birth did not come without its own... <laughs> Wait, he named his son after himself? Of Chris, course, yeah, as Chris Jr. was going to be a good thing <laughs> for the fucking man. poor kid. No, he didn't know at this time that life was going to continue on like this forever. But he had a good sense of how it was going. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, around the time that his son was uh, was born, he was diagnosed with severe irritable bowel syndrome. Yes, he had very, I, very bad IBS. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to make fun of people with IBS no, at all. I because feel I, I'm living it. You're doing it. But there is a thing about, he, there are several sentences in this book where he's just like, you tell me how to keep the business alive when you're chained to a toilet 20 to 25 hours a week. That's, and I was just like, holy That's what it means shit. you have that's to a, shit that much? That's a job. Severe IBS is, yeah, you can't leave the house sometimes. You're yeah. just Aww. shitting and shitting and you're shitting. You're just shitting it's, and shitting and shitting. Yeah. But what if you don't eat as much? You, I guess, well, I, whatever. Bi- pure bile shoots out of you and gunk and, and crap oh, in your shoes. No, it sounds dangerous. <laughs> your shoes. Yeah. yeah, your shoes. Yeah, your, bo- your body absorbs your, your clothes. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Shit yeah, your shoes out. Yeah, so you really got to make sure that, like, Bring an apple or something. I went on one trip. time. That's, I mean, that's why you got to get an asshole that can fold some clothes. I remember <laughs> we took a trip to Disney World and I bought a commemorative Aladdin Fez like hat. <laughs> yeah. And one time after an IBS, I called him session, I discovered my Fez was in the toilet. Oh, you <laughs> shed it through your whole body, oh, huh? Wow. 
Well, that is hard out there. And if you're listening from the can right now, God best, bless. Of bl- God, best of luck. God bless you. Well, even more stress was introduced when Chris became a deacon in the Pentecostal church. Oh, man. See, Chris had converted from the Baptist faith because his wife was Pentecostal. And the passionate, frankly, uncomfortable services of the Pentecostal church greatly contrasted with Chris's reserved Baptist upbringing. Mm-hmm. But despite Chris's awkwardness when it came to Pentecostal worship, seems to me that immersing himself in Pentecostal Pentecostal, uh, let's say Pentecostal. Theory? Uh, I wouldn't say theory. Pentecostal Enthusiasm. practices. Sure. Okay. Uh, they added a flair of the dramatic to his religious beliefs. They are much more dra- I went to oh, one yeah. Baptist church and I was like, this is real no, sad. Pentecostal, sc- not Baptist. No, I know. I went to one ba- Baptist church. It was very serious and kind of sad and scary. Yeah. But then my grandmother was Pentecostal and they do clap and sing. I mean, it's all wrong and weird. Yeah. But, I actually, but it is more jazzy. I remember I went to one of like a black Baptist church in Tallahassee. We went and it was a blast. That's black. Well, that's different. That, that black, that's totally different. It was different. awesome. White Baptist church is horrible. Uh, it's, it's, it's very that, that's, uh, fire and brimstone. Yeah, I, I was brought up uh, white Baptist and it was God fucking awful because it's at nothing the same, you do is right. It's, it's nah. at the same time uh, extraordinarily boring, but also terrifying uh, and guilt inducing yeah. uh, all at the same cool. time. The service yeah. that I saw, the guy was. You mean was, sativa weed at 11 o'clock at night? Kind of. <laughs> the, the service I saw was all about original sin. So he was just literally was like, no matter how good you think think you are you are bad and Jesus i was just Christ. like i don't even think i'm good yep yep that, that's baptist baptist scary it's fucking off wow but even so the stress kept coming oh oh yeah in the early 90s the epa shut down his dad's hog farm where chris was working <laughs> part-time <laughs> they which said was, there was it, a distinct they, they were mad about how often these Pigs were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, well, it's the Environmental <laughs> Pig Agency, of course. <laughs> no, all their shit was flown into a river. Yeah, you know, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they weren't the really EPA. caring about that. He definitely has like, several be. anti-EPA screeds within his book. Yeah, well, yeah. you shouldn't be able to just let your your pig shit no, it's pollute very the entire bad. Yeah. river. Yeah, The river, it belongs to God. So does the shit. Well, do you think God wants all that <laughs> shit in his river then? You know what? I don't know. He works a mysterious way. He does. Of course, the hog farm, that was an extension of a previous side business of his father's that raised hunting and racing dogs. Oh. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. He's doing a lot. They're running a lot of of games back there. It does seem like they're working. They're working too hard for not enough output. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty soon, though, even his father's construction business got in the hot water with the IRS over several hundred thousand dollars of missing cash. Mm. For some reason, Chris took on both the business and the debt, which only increased his stress and his IBS. (sighs) Oddly, though, Chris made sure to mention that his IBS, his career, and his reputation all took a steep nosedive on 9-11. Yeah. He blames a lot of it on 9-11. And 9-11. There's, there's truly no more context within the actual details of the book as well. Because I was like, yeah, he does talk about how 9-11 destroyed everything for him. Was it because of the economy? I, or? But I think the economy, I don't remember. I don't know how like the construction business in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina was... Impacted. I mean, say what you want about 9-11. It was a boom for construction. It, it really was. <laughs> it wasn't like people lost a lot of money on that front. Yeah, but I, yeah, he, he like, again, we all were bummed. Yeah, we were all bummed. It was, it was super, emotional, yes. It but, was an emotional bummer time, fall of 20, 2001. He does yes. seem like a bit of an empath, perhaps. He might be. That's, yeah. Maybe that's why he sees all this stuff. Well, all Chris knows is that by 2003, the cash reserves for his business were gone and his IBS was so bad he couldn't leave the house. And so Chris sold the company his dad had saddled him with 
And after getting on the right IBS medication, he started working for his dad at a new construction business no. that his dad had started. Oh, Why the fuck did he sell the first one if he just wanted to have a new one? I don't know. It I seems think, like it's a shell game. It seems That's like he bit. saddled his son with oh. a bunch of bad debt and IRS yes. so he could start his own business. And then that business got sold and then he had to go work for his dad again. Yeah. Oof. But the Bledsoe family has been in this area. For like over a hundred years, there's yeah. this, there's a street called the named after them, the Bledsoe. There's a Bledsoe okay. Avenue, uh, but successful they are, family. Well, they were just they, they were just named after them. They were just there okay. a really long time. All right, well that counts. Now, as you can tell, Chris's life was completely luckless and honestly besieged with failure and tragedy from pretty much the beginning. Yeah, but. It's still a fairly normal life. Yeah, it's just straight up boring and sad. <laughs> yeah, really. But on January 8th, 2007, when Chris was 44 years old, his life and the life of all of his family members would change forever when the universe threw him into the deep end of the paranormal pool. Ooh. Now, on that day, Chris, his 17-year-old son, Junior, and Chris's construction crew were finishing up a job when they decided to take an impromptu weekend fishing trip on the Cape Fear River. Cool, Cape Fear. At around 4 p.m., Chris decided to take a little alone time and went for a walk. But he soon found himself in the thick woods of North Carolina. There's a little bit of, you have to set the atmosphere here because you got to remember, he's sad. <laughs> yeah. So he says at the beginning of this trip, you know, they they done they were done with this construction thing. His job were like mine this crew. And they were the crew was like, We wanna go fishing. And he's yeah. just like, I don't feel like fishing. I am struggling. Right. And they went, mm. still went, and then they wanted to leave. He's like, It's gonna get cold. You yeah. know, we're gonna go cold tonight. And they're like, We wanna stay. We just got started getting fishing, right? Sure. And so he was like, I went to a field and I asked God. To please bring me back to heaven. Oh, like he lit a whole That's long, really, like, it's called suicide. Yeah. God. He said, I was thinking the unthinkable. Suicide. It's, yeah, yeah. it's very thinkable. Yes. Yeah. We all think about it. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're talking to your fucking insurance company, in which case, don't tell them don't that because then you can't get your life insurance. Don't ever tell them. Well, slowly, Chris began to realize that there was a strange rustling sound that seemed to be following from behind. He soon reached an open field and found that the winter sun was quickly dipping beneath the horizon, but there was still a little bit of sunlight out. The rustling behind him stopped, but when Chris looked up on a hill in front of him, he saw a sliver of reddish-orange light. Curious, Chris walked towards it and found that the light was coming from a bright, floating orb. No fucking way cool that's my favorite shape <laughs> it's a circle well that's great chris kept walking but when a second orb appeared no way he fell more to, circles he fell to his knees in shock two circles in the sky thank you god you've answered my prayers i i thought i wanted to die but really i just wanted to look at a bunch of circles <laughs> should have went to a strip club <laughs> again, uh, again rests are not circles not circles at all i mean they're, artists they are circular but not circles. That's, That's what club you go to. You go to triangles. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, honestly, they got they to get checked. Yeah. Now, Chris says that owing to his construction experience, he could accurately size up the orb at a distance of 200 yards. He knew they were about 45 feet uh, across. Because wow. you know it's crazy, I learned. You know, eyes are orbs. They are. Eyes are orbs. They are. Yes. Yeah. And so in day, you're looking at circles through circles, it's aren't my you? my favorite isn't? shape in my head. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Suddenly, though, a third orb appeared. <gasps> and somehow, Chris felt that this orb was the one in charge. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> Interesting. Why yeah. did he feel that way? He just felt it. Yeah. He just felt it. Yeah, you're going to get that answer a lot. Okay. I'm an expert in circles. circles. In circles and circle-like <laughs> activity. Great. Okay. This is when the fear really struck. So Chris took off running while the orbs sat in place. So if you're just looking at this from afar, you just see a man circle, 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 and then he just runs. I gotta go. He runs and he dove behind some reeds to try to hide. (laughs) But Chris claimed that he felt the orbs intensely connect to his very being. And he subsequently blacked out. Oh. Later on, hypnotic regression said that he went inside the orb, but oh, he didn't yes. really give much information on that. But yeah, he went inside. Oh, because okay. well, there's a lot of stuff. He actually goes on to say that the one thing about Chris Bledsoe is he has a lot of weird connections to various mysterious military people. Yes. Uh, like Colonel John Alexander, who was the guy that was the, you remember the men who stare at goats? We covered yes. this during our remote viewing episodes a long, long time ago, which we should probably redo at some point. But the he... He has all these like weird connections to the CIA guys, and okay. he he's like, there are certain details I have neglected to share with the public because I made a promise to my military friends. All right. Yeah. The next thing he knew, it was completely dark outside, and Chris was running towards the campfire. Once he arrived, his friends asked him where the hell he'd been. His son, Junior, had gone out looking for him, but soon returned. And even though Chris claimed he'd been gone for only 20 minutes, he'd in fact been gone all night. This is where I start to believe, right? Because they all corroborated this. They all said that he went, he went missing. He came back all excited because he was like, circles. I saw 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 circles. I saw circles. But he really was excited to tell them this thing that he just saw because he had this like weird, peaceful thing. He was like this kind of like one-on-one psychic experience with these orbs. And then they were all waiting and they're all like, we were scared as fuck, dude. Yeah. We didn't know where the fuck you went. Right. We just went look. We went looking for you. We couldn't find you. We didn't know what was happening. His son was like crazed, like just being like, well, you know. Well, his, his son, son is a crazy. small, a small weekend away, and yeah. found nothing but circles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he still got it. He's still got it. Still in there. Yeah. I'm about to vomit, but yeah. I still got it. <laughs> well, Junior, he was having an experience all its own. While Chris was stuck in his missing time period, Junior had his own trauma adventure, oh. although his experience was far wilder and more involved than what Chris had experienced, mm. and Junior remembered everything. I went to look <laughs> for my day. I feel bad for Junior. <laughs> I, I, do. I really as, do. As we Aww. get more into the story, I really feel for this guy. No, and Chris Junior too. On the he's got to be our age. He's followed. Yes, Almost, he was right? four years younger than me. He's four years younger than wow. me. Wow. And he, like, they talk about on the Beyond Skinwalker Ranch and a couple other things they see. He's fucked up. Yeah. This whole, this whole thing, like, destroyed their whole family. Yeah. Junior said that when he went to look for his dad, he saw the orbs, too. But when he ran back to tell the others, they laughed him off. Mm. Gathering courage, Junior returned to the forest and to the orbs to see if his dad was okay. So the love of circles kind of runs in the family. Somewhat. Well, yeah, somewhat. Okay. Yeah. 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 Interest. Interest in <laughs> circles. Yeah. Chris came upon two of the orbs, but instead of staying stationary as they had with Chris, the orbs moved towards Junior so quickly that he didn't have time to retreat. Uh Junior dove into the brush to hide. Because the orbs were only 15 feet away by Junior's reckoning, he got a better look at their structure. He said that they seemed to be almost alive after a fashion, featuring fiery red eyes that seemed mechanical in nature, some sort of biomechanical organism. Mm. So the eyes open and closed like shutters, like the entity was almost blinking. Cool. It's cool. I, you know, I, I believe that these orbs are their own thing. Yeah. Could be. Feels a little phantasm. Feels like oh, it he might does. suck his brain out and take all the blood. But suddenly the orb opened and a group uh. of... Sp- <laughs> 
No. The orb, yeah. Open, open. itself. It, was, it goes, crack! <laughs> That's good. good. That's good. A group of small, translucent beings emerged from the orb and innocently began. They're just kind of screwing around. They're, They're just picking up sticks. They're walking about. They're having fun. <laughs> Well, Junior was paralyzed with fear. He watched these beings, and this includes like the overwhelming presence of the orb. You're like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Two hours he was stuck down there. And this reminds me of something, Henry, that, that you used to say, like when we showed the Freddy Freaker. Yeah, uh, yeah Freddy it's like Freaker. The, we showed the Imagine Freddy you see this funny thing in real life. Yeah. It's traumatizing. It's like, cute. you think it's cute. Freddy Freaker, if you saw him like on the cute. commercial, oh, it's cute. Being like, Freddy Freaker. But if he was in your living room, <laughs> It would, you'd go to a mental hospital. Well, like you'd lose your, your fucking mind. Would, yeah, yeah, you really would. You and really would. that seems like, that's the sort of thing that he experienced. But I believe him. So yeah. he saw yes. this, huh? Yeah. Finally, though, he heard his father yelling for him. That broke him out of his stupor, and he rushed back to the campsite. But that, he got into, like, that was a thing, because as soon as he saw his son for the first time, Chris Jr. was like, uh, he was like crying and shipping, like, I can't believe you left me. You left me with this shit. Oh. And, and he had no idea what he was talking about, because yeah. he just, like, he had this really, like, peaceful connection to the orbs. Yeah. And, and it Chris seems like Jr. did not. No. no. Now, Chris and Junior's parallel stories freaked out the other dudes on the trip enough where they figured they'd all better get the hell out of there. Sure. But just as they were loading up the last of their gear, all of them saw nine balls of light gather in a circle directly above them. Mm -hmm. Wow. They all cooperate this. These orbs flashed and descended across the nearby river where they pulsated with a blinding white and blue light. Somehow, one of the dudes had the presence of mind to say maybe they should get the fuck out of there and do it quickly. Oh, yeah. Because Chris, Daddy Chris, was like not like... He's like, we don't got panic. They're here in peace. Like, he had, like, a peaceful experience, but all these guys were like, nope, because they watched right. the nine, they watched all the, the lights gather in a circle, then come together in a point, then zip back out into oh. a circle again, and they were, they bugged out. Yep. Multiple circles making a larger circle. I know. <laughs> you mean, mate, you know that every circle hot, huh? in many ways is many, 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 many circles. Isn't that fun? In Infinitum. <laughs> Infinitum. Indeed, indeed it is, Mr. Chris. But that is when the chase began. Whoa! As everyone piled into the truck, screaming at both each other and at the orbs, Chris stepped on the gas. Problem was, they had to drive through the field where Chris had seen his first three orbs. Oh. And sure enough, they were waiting at that same spot. Ah! <laughs> no! no! The third orb, the one that was seemingly in charge, it settled in front of the truck in the middle of the road and began a terrifying display of light. Blocking their, blocking their path all the while, the orb displayed spiky, crystal-like protrusions that began revolving around the object. Cool. Interestingly, though, Chris described the object as tic-tac-shaped, mm. which all modern students of UFOs know is one of the more common shapes cited by the military, and yes. it's one of the more common that are caught on camera also, by military cameras. Tic-tac is getting a lot of free press off of this. I, so I don't what know if they appreciate it. What about Mike and Ike's? Mm. It's more of a Mike and Ike, isn't it? No, well, the Mike isn't and Ike that? is more cylindrical. Yeah, Mike and Ike's more of a, yeah, because Mike and Ike's more of a pill. Yeah. That's pill shape. Mm. It's pill shape. That's what I'd call that pill shaped. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we agree on that. We yeah. won again. You can squish it. You can squish it. <laughs> We're not talking about altering the reality here. But to not take any chances in trying to drive around or through the object, 
Chris jumped a ditch and drove towards a nearby mobile home looking for help of I don't know what. Oh, just leave these what. poor mobile home people alone. Nobody was home. Yeah. Thankfully, yeah. And the Tic Tac orb was still blocking the only exit. Determined to do something. Did they try to drive through the damn thing? Nope. Well, determined to do something, Chris drove even closer to the orb. And Henry, maybe you can clear this up for me. Someone fired a gun at yes. this thing, right? Yes, one that's of these, what he said. One of the yeah. guys fired a gun towards it. Three times. Three gunshots. thrown one of the fish at it. I mean, God knows, because it means give it a gift. Yeah. Instead of retreating backwards, though, the Tic Tac pointed its nose at the truck and slowly creeped forward as if it was going to ram it. Uh-oh. But the craft instead rose and passed over the truck, overwhelming the passengers with the sound of buzzing static. That's cool. It's like the deadlights. The Tic Tac then pointed its narrow end upward, shot into the sky in the blink of an eye, and disappeared. Wow. That wasn't a circle. <laughs> it was more cylindrical, so it's not as fun, huh, Chris? No, not as fun. Not, not as visually. Fun. No. Chris stepped on the gas once again, but one of the other orbs was still keeping pace with their truck on the right. Hmm. Once they got to the paved roads, every man continued to panic except Chris, who claimed that he was, quote, Curiously immune to the men's chaos, rage, and fear. He's in charge. He's That's in charge. That's what he's the foreman. This was he's he was never the foreman. Oh, he, he was, was not the, the foreman. No, he was not the foreman. He was like Even a, though it was like his own dad's no, company. He, he was, was the never... runner. His dad let him do stuff because he would like drive no. guys back and forth. I see. Well, perhaps the reason why Chris was so calm was because he found himself on the same road where he'd seen the big hoot when he was a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, sometimes you. When, <laughs> some see hoots. brains, everyone's brain is just different. Uh-huh. Yeah. His brain is made for this. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I agree. It's both yeah. super curious, but also kind of dull enough. But I st- to it, let it in. To yeah. let it in. Let yeah. it in. Yeah. It also happened to be the same road where his first wife was killed. They got to just stop with this road. It's just, it's a hard road. Man. Amen. Yes. Suddenly, Chris found himself overwhelmed by memories of the night of the car crash. Oh. And he slowed down to school zone speed while everyone else in the car yelled and yelled to get Chris to speed up. My wife. Died here. <laughs> Go! Put on the gas! Go! Get the chicken, get the chicken. I could move faster. I don't There's care. Orbs attacking <laughs> us! My wife sadly left this earth. <gasps> Long Mr. Ago. please, God, Chris, go. <laughs> well, Chris felt as if time had slowed down, and he his, slowed down. Yeah, <laughs> and but time also slowed oh, down. Okay. And he, and in his first dip into the more wooey woo territory, he claims that the orb's presence filled him with peace, and whatever guilt he'd felt over his first wife's death melted away. That's Is it. it possible the orbs killed his first wife? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Mostly just drinking and driving. But what's a keg if not a circle? Or a single cylinder. Again, long circle. Cylinder. Well, it's a c- cylindrical circle. circle. But and if you look at the top, it has it's circles a circle. on yep. top and bottom. So it's still related. Interesting. <laughs> mm. You know, it's also a circle when you are surprised. Your mouth can be. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not a perfect circle. Oh. Not a perfect circle. It's almost Jesus. as if circles are one of the more common shapes in existence. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Lucky for him. (laughs) Oh, he loves it. Absolutely. Well, as he's having his experience with his guilt being melted away, all the rest of the dudes are screaming and pounding on his seat, trying to get him to keep driving because another flying object, a massive rectangular craft with a row of square glowing lights had suddenly appeared. Once Chris snapped out of it and kept driving at freakout speed, the guys discussed the order of who should be dropped off at home first. Yeah, Yeah. that, that, yep. Well, well, you got to be strategic about it. I'd go right to the bar. 
You just got to go to the local town bar well, and bust in the doors. It's just like, kind of funny. I know what we saw. Because it reminds me of the same. He remembers the same conversation when he was dying, when he got shot by 10, when he was shot, when he was shot at 10, yeah. where he was, he was like fading and he was hearing the two people that were with him argue over like, do we tell anybody we did this? Like he was like <laughs> listening to them trying to cover up his death. <laughs> <laughs> he, he overheard people way too much. Are mean. <laughs> yeah, he heard. He heard like everything you didn't want to hear, but hear. never heard yeah. anything. Yeah, because they weren't they, we concerned. They were just concerned for themselves. Yeah. Right. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, they eventually decided on a drop-off order, but there was no way to do it without a double back to where they'd seen the rectangular craft. And sure enough, once they got to the spot, the dark rectangular craft was still there, although the remaining men in the truck passed by unmolested. <laughs> we just don't know that, though. <laughs> it's still fire. We don't know their past. Every single one of those people. No, maybe, the, maybe this entire thing is an allegory for molest. I, I know. It's, I'm not saying molested. No, I know what the, you're saying, but I, this yeah, is you mean like molestar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, molestar as in small the, towns, small towns. Molest. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people molested in my small town. I, they talk, I bet. They talk, everyone talked about it all the time. Top five activities. <laughs> it was just talked about and talked about. And talked Idle hands. Constant. Idle hands. Mad <laughs> mouths. So Ugh. many. Yuck. Now, after the other two guys were dropped off, Chris and Junior returned home and turned on the TV, expecting to see wall-to-wall coverage of the mysterious crafts that had seemingly <laughs> filled the skies around Fayetteville. No, that ain't going to happen. Nothing, however, had been reported. And the only indication that the craft had been noticed at all was the sound of a rare helicopter flying towards the scene. But even after all that, Chris's night of high strangeness was far from over, or so he claimed. Yeah. Hmm. His dog Rosie was going nuts and wanted to chase something out in the woods. So Chris led her outside and followed her into the darkness. Again? The same night? Oh, yeah. Same oh, night. my goodness. He's got balls of steel. After coming to a clearing, Chris claimed that he was face-to-face with a three-and-a-half-foot-tall glowing creature <laughs> with red eyes Hi. and a glassy translucent triangle fixed to its chest. First triangle. And you know, oh, what, yeah. was, you know what he said? Can I finish? This would have been around the same time he was like, yeah, no, this was oh, 2007. Was 92. 92 was Ross Perot. This was 2007? When yeah, this dude. Yeah, this whole right. story happened in 2007. I don't know why I was thinking for a second there that it was 1994. Because it's it Chris seems Bledsoe. Like it. <laughs> yes, because yeah. the, the way the man acts and the way the town is. But no, this is recent. Yeah, 2007. Wow. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was. But, but you know what? Ross Bro was still alive. He was there yeah, sure. Yeah, he wasn't dead yet. And he was definitely getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Well, terrified, Chris said something that I've never heard anyone claim to say upon meeting a possible alien captor. Okay. He said, quote, I'm sorry. You got me. I'm sorry for running. I surrender. Wow, he fucking Gave was a up. total coward. Well, no, because he, he wasn't Isn't afraid. Isn't that cowardice? Was no. He wasn't afraid. The dog was afraid. He was watching this thing. He was way more like, what the fuck is going on? And he had this so psychic message. he surrendered message. to it. Yes, he yeah. surrendered okay, to the okay. phenomena. Yeah, he's saying, I'm sorry for running. Yeah. I sh- saying, I shouldn't have ran. I shouldn't have ran. I, I like my ufologists that weren't caught. <laughs> <laughs> but in classic alien fashion, the creature said, quote, You don't understand. We are not here to hurt you. Oh, we you. are here to help you. Oh, nice. At that moment, though, Rosie leapt to attack. The dog, however, found nothing but air 
because the creature whiffed out of existence just before Rosie's jaws snapped down. And yet the night still wasn't over. Oh my God. Once Chris returned to his house, he lit a cigarette and looked out of the blinds where he saw a creature much larger than the first slowly ambling towards the house. And again, Chris, daddy Chris was not like upset, but Junior started shrieking. Yeah. Like Junior started, and Chris saw this. Oh yes. And Junior, he started shrieking. He was so yeah, fucking scared. scared because those guys are all straight up being like, it's a dang invasion. Yeah. They're yeah. coming. They're coming. You know, like, so they thought they were all about to die. It's it like, sounds uh, like an invasion. Sort of like signs. Like think yeah. of it that yes. way. Chris and Junior therefore got in Chris's truck and drove five miles away to a hay field where they spent the night in their vehicle. Okay. Now, this encounter got me to thinking about the whole phenomenon of aliens scaring the hell out of people, then telling them they didn't mean to scare them. Yeah. It also got me to thinking about how nobody who fervently believes in aliens has ever had the sort of encounter Chris Bledsoe claims to have had. Mm. It's like when every single time I say, every time I've said the words, I'm not trying to be offensive here. And then you're just immediately offensive. highly offensive. Well, yeah. Every time I walk into a fucking place and they're like, it's here to rob it. And then I'm like, only of your Michelob Ultra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite possible, if unlikely, that extraterrestrial beings don't visit people like Henry and myself because we already believe well, in me. aliens. Do you believe in aliens? He's probably yep. met like five of them. He won't even know. Yeah, that's right. He's in North Hollywood bars all the time. That's they're, true. They're, if there are aliens drinking at a bar. Mm hmm. It's in North Hollywood. Yep. They love tiki. (laughs) They do. (laughs) But they don't visit any of us because we already believe. Yeah. We're whores for it. Yeah. And these one-on-one contacts with people like Chris Bledsoe might be a sort of ill-advised grassroots campaign Mm. to get people to believe. It's kind of like how I had a friend who was gay, who one of his favorite things in the world was when he could basically suck off a guy who told him he was straight. The guy with the girlfriend, or he was That's, married with a wife. That, that was one of his that favorite not, things. No, that is not, not anywhere near. No, no, let's Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. He was his favorite no, thing. How, no, no, how no. is it the same? No, what I'm going to say is that is nowhere near like odd. But I am wondering now, how is it the same? The aliens want to convert. They're looking for <laughs> conversions. Right. They're looking for the moment in a man's eyes when he was just like, I didn't believe in any of this. I haven't been to downtown Detroit before. <laughs> like, they yeah. want to see the right. change. They want to see them mm. go, oh, them circles big. Like, they, they yeah. want to see it, and they're, they're horny for it. So you think yeah. you don't know you're gay until there's a man's mouth around your cock and you like it. <laughs> you know <laughs> you what? You never thought about it before. I don't know. But I'm just saying, the aliens, right. I'm just saying they like to make the, aliens like to make the conversion. I think it's more like they try to find like one guy who is in a circle of people who also don't believe in aliens. So they right. think if we convert this one guy, then he's going to go and tell all the other people who don't it. believe in aliens. Is this why they edited you out of ancient aliens? No, and then they come <laughs> in. And then that like Everything same guy, was... like in the other scenario, yeah. it's yeah. like if you try to suck off one guy within a friend group and then you flip the whole group. Interesting. Yes. Can we take a quick break? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am dying. I am. I can't even tell you how much. from your grave. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Now, both Chris and Junior were understandably shaken by the events of the night before. But as we've said, Junior was far more affected than Chris. Junior grappled with his experience for years, hmm. played with nightmares and the eventual ridicule that came after their story became public knowledge. May, may I ask, what was it? So that was so because he just saw the little creatures. Right. But why didn't in, why, why was he so scared? I, I let me put it this way. This is. um. This might be a too big of a call here, but I think this is a shitty part of the country uh, in terms of ideas, like the idea of idea transfer and the people being open to things. And so I think that on some level, they because uh, they view you all know, of them were they were immediately as derided as consorting with the devil. The entire town sure, said that the they E-man, were de- yeah, they had the, brought the in demonic bunch. energies and that they were they were basically cursing our town. But that's what they thought oh. one level that they thought about. at least the Pentecostal. Yes, sure. that's yeah. one. Part. I wouldn't say all two hundred eight thousand of them. No, said. because that's yeah. the other. My pushback would be small towns also have the craziest ideas of all people. But then small are, town folks are like, that's just Sue. She wears her sandals on her head, and uh, <laughs> sure. she doesn't wear them on her feet. It's I not will, that sm- Again, it's not that. It's a is two hundred thousand no, people. City. I understand. Yeah, I understand. But I, I, it's more like the two of them, too, both Chris and Junior. I would say took themselves as men. Fairly seriously. Yeah. And that they were Chris Bledsoe went through a lot of shit. Right. And his attitude might not have been 
super like, you know, the, the father, obviously he's, his brain was cracked open by this and that, ruined the family's life mm. because he began becoming like a preacher. We're going to get into it. But his son just wanted nothing to do with this. Gotcha. And everybody was just like, you know, like, uh, you can't believe what Junior says because he well, he loves little green men. Or like he's, a, they were so doing So it that. just discredited every single opinion he had on everything. everything. And they gotcha. always brought it up when no one would ever let it go. And it would just, and then it just destroyed their inner life too. It destroyed their family because the wife wanted nothing to do with this no. she wanted she was the the truly like devout pentecostal mm. and so when all of this shit happened she was just like she was not into it not yeah. into it okay well chris though he leaned in from the word go and for his acceptance he claims to have received a spiritual and emotional awakening oh. for which he's never turned back this of course is when the story starts getting more unbelievable. Mm. A couple of days after the first experience, Chris claims he had another in the same clearing where he'd encountered that first little small creature. On the second go, he said he found a brilliant light and he crawled towards it holding a powerful rifle. Oh, The light, however, was having none of it and it electrocuted him with a, quote, painful, prolonged zap that forced him to crawl backwards. What the fuck? Finally, he but was again, able to... if you're just watching this from the outside, yeah, you're you see this guy arguing around. Be like, bro. circles? I thought I knew you. I, kinda, I mean, I understand the neighbors be like, Chris is at it again. Yeah. Finally, he was able to stand up, and two creatures similar to the one from before appeared and communicated the sort of thing most of us experience on our first or maybe second hallucinogenic trip. Okay. Yeah, man, we're all just fucking part of the same system, dude. We're Absolutely. All one, bro. We're man. all stardust. Dude. Bro. bro. Completely true. It's real. Chris said he was hit with a turn of phrase I quite like because Chris is actually a pretty good writer at times. He, he is. He can definitely turn a phrase. He said he was hit with an obliterating epiphany. Which is true, because oh. that epiphany would destroy his regular life. Interesting. Yep. He was faced with the singular ultimate importance of all living beings. After feeling the oneness, he looked down at his rifle and thought, What was this murdering tool in my hand? So it really was the mushroom trip. Oh, it was. was. Yeah. This is a guy who spent his whole life killing hogs. This is a man whose his whole life was killing hogs, and then it turned into construction and all that kind of stuff, but he was just like, What have I been doing? Yeah, he felt bad for every creature he'd ever, he ever killed. killed. And he killed hundreds. Well, a lot he, just of still, he just deals with a lot of guilt. Yeah. And I, I wish I could say this to him, just being like, it's not your fault. <laughs> it seems like Chris, some of it's his hey, fault. Hey, Chris, send this to Chris. It's not your fault. Not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, what isn't? The, all of this. All of it. <laughs> His entire life? It's not your fault. Okay. After the experience was over, Chris said he felt relief and understanding, and that all of the trauma in his life had been pointing him towards a, quote, benevolent end, and he felt a calling to convey to everyone on Earth what he called an extraordinary mission of love. I find it love very it. interesting that this loving father, God, right, loving father God, always chooses, like, he always chooses a messenger and then fucks up that guy's life. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's he a chooses a messenger process. and he's just like, you're going out there, you're my boy. Oh no, he's a joke. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Now when you look at the first part of this story, right up until the point where Chris follows Rosie into the woods, this is a relatively plausible tale when you compare it to other group UFO encounters. Yes. Sure. Multiple witnesses, same shapes that we see over and over again. Circles. <laughs> But after Chris relates his further one-on-one -on -one experiences with alien beings, he develops something close to a messiah complex oh. that his friends, family, and community 
were not ready for. And this was not like a fun, nice Meher Baba style, like one love, like that version of it. It is a feverish, you don't understand what I know yeah, style. Right. What he would happen to him, like yeah. the uh, I mentioned it before, Jacob's Ladder type vibe, no. similar. Yeah. Oh, so he really became a horrible dad. Uh, he got really nuts. He got, got really nuts. you. Some people in Fayetteville looked at Chris with pity or scorn because they thought he'd lost his mind after. By the way, he lost yet another business. Yes, um, and most people thought that he concocted an elaborate fantasy to give his life purpose after his life had fallen apart. And hey, even if that was the case, right. at least it's better than like joining a QAnon group. Absolutely. There are men yeah. literally waiting outside of JFK Jr.'s grave, waiting for him to rise up. That are still like, you know, Chris has really lost his mind. <laughs> He really gone nuts. Right. But the problem was that Chris's assertion that he was on a mission from aliens to deliver a message of love to humanity. The problem with that was that it kept the subject of aliens on the forefront of Junior's mind. Yeah, it's their whole life. Yeah, and it only served to further traumatize this poor teenager. Yeah. Additionally, Chris's experiences put significant strain on his marriage to his heavily Pentecostal wife, Yvonne. See, Pentecostals are Christians of the type that believe Halloween to be an unholy holiday meant to encourage demon worship. You got to do hallelujah parties. Uh, <laughs> That's what we used to do. Uh, hallelujah. We were, all, we were broke growing up, so we had, uh, we would do, uh, they would just cut off the sheets in our eyes. We were not little clansmen. We were holy ghosts. Holy ghosts. Unbelievable. And my mom, she would let us trick or treat because she knew I like my candy. <laughs> So she would let us trick or treat. Ben, you need your candy. So we'll be holy ghosts. I love that. It was fat, then God. The first thing was, let's keep them fat. You know, like skinny then. (laughs) Well, aliens are, of course, without a doubt included on the Pentecostal no no devil list. Yes. Besides that, Yvonne immediately understood rule number one when it comes to alien encounters UFOs ruin lives. So she would neither confirm nor deny Chris's story when asked about, well, what about that whole alien thing went on? Your husband get on it. She's like, I can neither confirm nor deny. That has nothing to do with my philosophy. Mm Mm-hmm. And for I, she didn't do the carve out in the wedding vows. If I ever got married, till death do us part, or until you want to start doing stand up comedy, or until you meet a UFO. It's really important. That's it. And for a time, she seemed to choose her church over her family, wacky as they may be. Yeah. Weirdly, though, in the weeks following Chris's initial encounters, he claims that his IBS poof disappeared completely. That's yep. amazing. He was literally scared shitless. Yep. That <laughs> <laughs> got all out. Whoa. Wow. But even though he could finally work, nobody would hire him because everyone thought he was crazy. See, this is the problem. So now he's, bro, everything is gone, right? And then he enters into the, which if you listen to Reddit, the deeply lucrative world of UFO witnesses, <laughs> um, which is, I just don't, I still never understand because no one ever, it just is no, bad. No one so now fun. he's kind of thrown into this world. I mean, my God, these people that appear on these alien TV shows, what are they paid? 250 bucks an episode. I would say yeah. at most 1500 bucks. Maybe. No, it's 250 bucks an episode. That's it. Yeah, that's what I got paid. I mean, you're as a talking head. Yes. But there are certain, these guys probably will get oh, like a bump. The, like the guys who are like long time stay. But sure, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah. $1,500. But yeah. it's not a lot. No. no, it's definitely not. It's not rent. It's non-union shoots. Yeah. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, odd things continued to occur, or so Chris claims. During his long, unendurable days of unemployment, Chris spent his time locked in his study trying to remember every detail of his experiences. At night, Why? because he's just trying to Buddy. figure out what happened. Yeah. And Jeez. no one will hire him. What else is he going to do? Yeah, I just think. So. <laughs> At night. Whoa, so that the statue, the thinker, is unemployed? Yeah, he that's what be. it is. He's unemployed. Yeah, he's I can't some unemployed asshole. <laughs> I can't believe I killed all those pigs. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, they don't say what he's thinking about. No. What night? Maybe he has IBS. Interesting. The Interesting. Thinker, oh, he has to you know, sit there and, and shit. The and bird probably make him the best philosopher of all time. You know, they call him. What? The stinker. Nope. <laughs> nope. Wow. Not allowed. Unbelievable. <laughs> that's racist against people that's with IBS. <laughs> that's a slur for people with IBS. That is bad, yeah. Uh, oh, so you can't call little kids little stinkers? Only no, if they stink. You're a little, you're no, you little stinker. Little stinker. Well, little stinker is always just me like shrunk down to child. When you saw me as a kid, yeah. I was a little stinker. He's a little with the ginger hair and yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, Kicking is he trying to look shins? up my dress? Yeah, yeah. yeah. get yeah. out of your little stinker. I was more of a ghoul. Yep, you oh, were yeah. a ghoul. Yeah, yeah, and as we know, you Monster. were goon. <laughs> no, not goon. You're, no, you're not a goon. goon. I was not a goon as a child. I was never. Oh, a I could see you being a very goonish oh, child. Yeah. Oh, I was always yeah. very proportionate. Very proportionate. <laughs> I was a shy, quiet, weird, large boy. <laughs> it's Michael Myers. Yeah. That's why I love Michael Myers. And Jason. And Leatherface. <laughs> well, at night, Chris Bledsoe slept alone. Yep. Aww. But it soon came to be that no one in the Bledsoe home was getting any rest. For the return of the owls was upon them. The owls are the least of our worries. I knew they'd come back. Right, the little round eyes. One night. Wow. They do. Another circle. They're they're all, everything is a, I can point. That light's a circle. That light is a circle. Your head's a circle. Everything is a circle. This no, is not a circle. That's an no, oval. You, again, you yeah. never, different type you of somehow, circle. It's not a circle. An oval is not a different type of circle. If an oval was a circle, they call it a circle. Well, That's guess right. what, man? Fuck them. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> them is. That's great. Or they. Sure. One night, Chris heard what he called the loud, urgent, insistent hoot of an owl. Ah, good. That's fun. Like That's that? an inside joke. Yeah. Multiple layers. Yeah, thank you. That was that goes out to everyone who's listening who's 55 years old. Yeah, you know, you like it. <laughs> but Chris was convinced that this hooting was a kind of communication. It is a kind of communication. One owl turned into two, <laughs> then a three, then John. a four. Oh, don't even give me the licks. Hey, Mr. Owl, if you're going to be there, yeah, tell me how many licks does it take to get to a center of the <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> Damn you, owl. Until finally, an entire chorus of owls showed up hooting and hooting all night long, every night. Preventing anyone from getting a good night's rest for the remainder of the winter. He might need to pick up the shotgun again and just pepper him once and get him out of there. I don't know. You just get one of those, uh, the the noisemakers. More noise. They just sound like a shotgun. They're just owls. They should should have a nice life. No, I know. They also have to get. get. Yeah, you scare them away, though. You don't kill them. You just scare them away. Yeah, throw a pot at them. Yes, sure. (laughs) Absolutely. That counts. But somewhere around this time, it's 2007, 2008. 
Chris and Yvonne scraped together enough cash to pay for internet service, even though Chris had begun selling off their possessions one by one to make ends meet because he was still out of work. Oh, man. And there's so much to the story. I even even cut out the part where he's going through his possessions and he finds a CB radio and he turns it on (laughs) and he, like, makes friends with a guy named Seven Seven. (laughs) Yeah, Seven Seven. Seven Seven's got his buddy named E.T. And he's been like, that's an incredible coincidence. Yeah. Because he was so excited to meet a guy who said he was an alien. And then they're just like, and then he just has these CB buddies, and there's only friends, and he doesn't talk to him about aliens at all. He no. just talks to him about like life, trucks. And, and you know what's nice things. about that, Marcus? You didn't cut it out. You give it a little redux. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's good. True. I it, did reduce it. It reminds me of that Will Ferrell movie, Everything Must Go. Yeah, you ever see that? Very. So similar. he's just he's letting his life. His life is for sale. Things yeah. are not doing well mm. economically. Oh, man. But once he was connected to the internet, Chris found a wealth of knowledge about UFO oh encounters. God. It just and this didn't was a- help. It doesn't help. <laughs> this is good. No, this could be healthy. Well, actually, this was actually right? a great relief. He's not alone. Yeah, he's not alone. And he said that he, this entire time he didn't go to the library to check out any UF books on UFOs for fear of the librarian's judgment. <laughs> they are probably a really judgy he's, bunch. He's really sensitive. He's well, very also, they sensitive. They probably are a very judgy bunch. Now, around the time that Chris got internet service, he Wait, also... Can I, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but so it was 2007 when he first got the internet? 2007 is a very reasonable time for a man in Fayetteville, North Carolina to get the internet. It's, it's a it's long a, time. He's a late adopter. I'm from a town of 23,000. Oh, oh, not late adopter. Really, this no, is around... No, that's not true, Marcus. No, this is around the time when the internet really started to proliferate. It wasn't Nobody. until like the iPhone came out that like people at home really started to get like, broadband a, service. I don't, I don't so. know about that. I grew up in a you, much smaller town than this. Yeah, but you guys are coming from Wisconsin and, and New York and Florida. And places, I was still white trash. And places like what, what Texas. What about you, Texas? When did you get it? Oh, we got it where? We got it in like the mid-90s. You lived in Lubbock. Outside of, you, lived, I, you lived outside of Lubbock. I lived in Rochester. In a yeah. smaller t- Lubbock was the West Texas Connect. I'm going to say <laughs> I did like the mom and pop internet place. Yeah. No, of course, but Chris Bledsoe was just he, not ready for the World Wide Web. Okay, all right, and now he could have gotten it earlier. I think he, he yeah, sure, but he also was selling the stools and faucets out of his own home in order for them oh, to pay for things. Man. I would say people like Chris Bledsoe, 2007 is actually early adopter. Like sure. A, yeah, a man who works really? on, a man All who right. half runs a hog We're farm about and works to get, in construction. You're the one saying it's a town of 200,000 is so big. Yeah, I could see the emails they were about to get. They're all being like, I was a plumber from Michigan. Well, by the we're going to get a bunch of handwritten letters. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what from what the study of the internet says, it didn't really become widely proliferated until like 2010 to 2015. I'll take your fucking word for it. No, no reason to fight on this. No. Same thing. I'm dying on. No, I, ain't, I ain't dying on this hill. Now, around the time that Chris got internet service, he also experienced the beginnings of the History Channel switchover from history <sighs> to all aliens all the time. Oh yeah. He saw a show called The UFO Files, where he discovered such luminaries as Stanton Friedman, R.I.P. Big ups! Yes. But more importantly, Chris also learned of the Mutual UFO Network, a.k.a. MUFON. MUFON. Because they're all big. <laughs> fucking people. Some of them are actually very skinny because of lack of money for food. Yeah. Oh. And also many wasting diseases. Yeah. Yes. So Chris immediately began writing out a story to send to MUFON with the purpose of connecting with like minds and perhaps to obtain a full investigation on what happened to him. Mm. Now, it took weeks to get his story together, but after sending what I'd imagine was a far more coherent email than what MUFON was used to getting, MUFON responded the very next day 
requesting an interview and a full investigation. Yeah, they so sent a guy gonna, named Steve. Steve. We're going to pretend like Mufon wasn't a dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. guy that gets this. Well, this is actually when Mufon was actually... How Mufon at their peak, do you think? I would probably put it close to 20 to 30,000. Really? Across the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was a, it was across the world. Maybe because it's like again, it depends on what level. Inst- investigators probably only like between five hundred and a thousand, but so just to straight up member like people to like and th- that are in the organization probably like thirty thousand. I oh. think at the at very peak. But the thing is, what's so hard as an investigator is that you arrive right. Obviously, you got the lanyard and everyone's impressed. They're no, you're official. Yeah, yeah, and the worst, down. truly, the hardest part. Right. All the is girls make their wives, best pies to dude. see if they can try to marry you. Yeah, you know how many times because Steve rolls in. <laughs> He asks you yeah. about your orbs, you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, ooh, Steve. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to have to take a look at the telemetry of your orbs in a orbs, private yeah. session. And then she's just like, yeah, Steve, I guess I can show you some orbs yeah. in this back house mm-hmm. of mine. Move on, My husband won't yeah. be home for over 15 minutes. I bet you'll have plenty of time. Plenty of time, yeah. More <laughs> than, I mean, time. what are we going to do with the, with, the, with the other 13 minutes? I can't yeah, seem to fit my protractor in your vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah more like Mufon this dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Mufon triple X, yeah. This ain't Mufon. This ain't Mufon. It certainly is not Mufon. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of sex happening. It's certainly no fun. <laughs> now, Yvonne wasn't so sold on bringing a bunch of UFO weirdos into their life. So Chris initially declined after his wife said no. Okay. But later that month, as Yvonne and their four children were driving home from church, a cone-shaped, color-shifting UFO appeared before them and hovered in front of their car. Yvonne was therefore sold on the whole thing. And after she told Chris what she'd seen, she relaxed into what Chris called a, quote, helpless acceptance. (laughs) Which I think is a perfect way to describe what a lot of these people seem yeah. to kind of convey yeah. after they have an intense UFO experience. Yeah, like what now I have to deal with it. Yeah. Now, Mufon was extraordinarily interested in Chris's story, and they kept calling to sell him on the idea of an investigation. But even though Yvonne was finally on his side, Chris was worried that a Mufon investigation might end their marriage for good. Yeah. Right. I Le- could. Yeah. Legitimate fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we'll get Joey Greco from Cheaters out there. You just there. don't need anybody up in there. No. With, not with these lanyards. Not with these. Not with the, <laughs> no. the, the, the fear it installs. In this Absolutely. seems to be a very fragile situation it at is. this point. But at the same time, Chris also felt that MUFON might be the only way forward to come to terms with what happened, as he put it. Wow. And he thought that maybe having some sort of official process that might give some structure and some sense to his sure. experiences. And just somebody else to say, you know what, buddy? It's possible. It's yeah. possible. In keeping with the theme, though, MUFON only made things worse. Yeah. Good. Thank you, MUFON. Now, MUFON sent out an investigator named Steve. Hi. <laughs> I don't like that name for an investigator. Hi. Steve. No, Steve. Steve's the captain of the quarterback. But the other one, you would want team. my name to be something else. I want a John. John. I'm John. <laughs> John sounds like a guy John's I believe in. good. I go with a Lloyd. I want oh, a true. nice, quirky Lloyd. Lloyd. That's an a good Ernie. <laughs> Ernie, yes, an Ernie, a Lloyd, just someone whose hair is befuddled a little, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. A little weird. He's too into UFOs to care about hygiene. Yes, exactly. What do you think about a Lawrence? Uh, that works. It works. I'm fine with Larry. I would see the little glasses much more of a uh, yes. of an education I, type yes. background. I want a smart Larry, not a leisure shoot Larry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Number one thing we do know for a fact can't be Italian. No. No. no st- <laughs> I don't absolutely want. not. No, I don't, I don't want. want. Too many hands. Yeah. Now, Steve was sent out to Chris's place in Fayetteville to begin the interview process. But once Steve interviewed Yvonne, 
he found that she had actually experienced far more high strangeness than what she'd even told her own family. Hmm. She said that she'd had her own experience with orbs and shadow people in her kitchen the previous Christmas, but it kept the entire experience to herself because she didn't want to further traumatize her son. Yeah. Hmm. This, however, had little bearing on how the Bledsoes would soon be portrayed. Yeah, they got him good. Now, as I said, MUFON had a show cooking on the Discovery Channel called UFOs, UFOs Over! That's <laughs> the dumbest title ever, but okay. And there's also, there's an, expe- an exclamation point at the in- end of it. UFOs Over! <laughs> okay, great. And they wanted to use the Fayetteville incident as the pilot episode. Yeah. Now, Yvonne, of course, didn't want to participate, but Steve from MUFON suggested that they could have their faces blurred and their voices distorted for anonymity's sake. Okay. Unfortunately, though, the executives involved at the Discovery Channel didn't believe Chris's story. And their perspective won out in the end. Oh, or, no. quote, unquote, quote, unquote, their perspective yeah, may not be, maybe, may not be, definitely blamed on the executives. Yes. So it sounds like they got roasted. They, yes. Chris yes, they was did. portrayed as a hoaxer, but that wasn't even the worst part. Because, you know, it's a town of 200,000, but it's not like there were a ton of people in Fayetteville having UFO experiences. There was no flap here, in other words. Yes. And the episode itself was called The Fayetteville Incident. So we- everybody knew who the fuck it was that they were talking yeah. about. Yeah. And everybody oh, in Fayetteville so they did blur watched their- it. I see. Yeah, they yeah. blurred it, but it's just like, uh, nah, we know who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's Because a- especially as soon as you cut to him going, and then I saw... <laughs> The old you so like know. even yeah, if it's distorted, the crazy and the Bledsoes, they're already known. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Chris, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were already kind of known as local characters. Right. Everyone knows this story already. So the blurring of the faces and the distorting of the voices didn't do anything to hide the Bledsoe's identities. Mm. And the program, in fact, only gave people more ammunition to mock them. Oh. Meanwhile, the Bledsoe family seemed haunted both by the memories of what had happened and by seeming paranormal entities although it could also be that this entire family was simply having a collective psychological breakdown if the ufos were real which i still am gonna hold out and say yes they i could see why it could shatter the very fabric of your very your, your reality but yeah. haven't we learned that humans are the true evil in all of this mm-hmm. yes because the, the, the phenomena is neutral dog mm-hmm. yeah Everyone had horrific nightmares every night. Junior ran away twice. Oh. Made it to, all the way to California one time. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he, and then ran out of money immediately. They had to send well, him money to come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Yvonne got so spooked one night after supposedly seeing shadow men in their backyard that she ran through a bunch of wrought iron outdoor furniture and gashed up her legs. Yeah, they're all <sighs> fucked up. Now, these shadow people only appeared at night at first, but soon they started seeing them during the day. They said they were translucent. Yeah, like like Predator. Yeah. Uh, And the Bledsoes once claimed to see an eight-foot-tall translucent figure in the yard. And an old truck from the 1960s, you know, the particularly loud kind, once drove down their driveway making no sound whatsoever. The sound is thinner here. Whoa. What's that from? I said it. No, I said it. <laughs> I'll give you. You want some movie quotes? I like it. That, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Don't go down that road now. You don't want to go down that road. But just when things were starting to calm down, the Discovery Channel mm. re-aired. Oh, <laughs> UFOs over Earth! 
in spring of 2010. The ridicule producers are fucking assholes. I technically they're just hunting for residuals. Well, I know. Well, they don't know. They don't know. They, they fucking know it's destroying this bumpkin's life. Uh, no clue. It's some fucking program director at Discovery Channel trying to fill a three-hour block and no, say, "No, I'm, like, I'm saying the executives that um, change oh, the yeah. narrative. Oh yeah, yeah. it's also from a perspective of a consumer. I want it to be real." I don't want it to be debunked. Have fun with it. Yeah. Well, you know, and then the, how many, the executives were wrong. But how many times have we been explicitly asked I know, for a I, comedy? I know. Fucking true crime slash paranormal show. And then we shoot a fucking thing that has been explicitly asked for. And then you give it to an executive and they're mm -hmm. like, what are, what are all these jokes? But you want to know, you <laughs> you know, know that how, how, you know how many times we have done that as what, men? If you want to feel better, most of those people are now unemployed. That's true. I actually think the executives are doing great. Okay. Well, the ridicule returned worse than ever, and the nightmares grew in strength. But then, after years of what was nothing but bad weirdness, Chris claimed to have been given a reprieve. And here's where shit takes a massive left turn into something beyond a UFO encounter or paranormal experience. It becomes something much more religious. Yes. Okay. From the years 2007 to 2012, his life was an absolute, total fucking nightmare. Yeah. Everything fell apart. But um, I am going to say... Uh, it didn't get better, mm -mm. even when right. it "quote unquote" got better. I will say, maybe maybe he needs a little religion. Maybe I don't know. Something, maybe some kind of he had religion. Yeah, he did. Maybe he needs to, something has to change. Well, Chris claimed to have been visited by an angelic being that he called the Lady. The Lady. Who told him that all of his trials and tribulations were merely prelude to his ultimate purpose? Always. He, he also gave him a, gave him a little Chihuahua creature okay. that had no head, I'm and it was all prickly. Ch chihuahua, and I come from Mexico. It's very funny. It's <laughs> you got to check out the Chihuahua songs. Who, he she gave when him this like. Born, I'm no bigger than a toad. <laughs> you can put me in the cup. You can put me in the bag. You can put me in the shoe. I'm a cha 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 Chihuahua. <laughs> God, that's just some of the lyrics, but just to be in there. It's not really perfect lyrics, but to be in that life, yeah, you know. But no, he he gave That's true. That's what they said. Anyway, go on. This creature gave him. It woke him up, going arise. And this creature gave him a chihuahua. Was this this creature? It was a it was a shape of a small chihuahua without a head or a tail, and it prickling fur. It squirmed. It was like it had no limbs. Or whatever, back and forth, and they said like he was just like I don't want this, I don't no. want because they had a quills of a hedgehog. He get yeah. hurt in his hands, and he was just like I don't want it. And they're like no, pick it up, pick it up, keep it, pick it up, and then he picked it up, and they were like what the fuck is this? He's like what is it? And they're like that's a symbol of humankind, mm -hmm. the directionless creature yeah. that is humankind. Uh, he ain't wrong. That must be taken care of. Yeah. Oh, and then um, he okay. brought up that little monster Chihuahua alien thing. And it never comes up again. Never comes up again. Well, he put he they gave it to him and he put it in his dog kennel. And I don't know, maybe the dog ate it. Wow, the dog ate it. Diamond, did you eat my my alien? Oh my god, Rover, <laughs> come on. Right from your grave. Boy, Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try 
every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some chop, Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of chai. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Well, from what the lady told them, Chris had made an agreement. Can you also, I mean, properly. The lady. The, the lady. All right. Okay. From I'm not going to do that. All right. That's fine. No, I, like, I had to, it's kind of triggering. I feel like I'm supposed to give money to a telethon or something. <laughs> well, the lady told him that Chris had made an agreement to spread the word of love and oneness around the world. And the lady said that that agreement must be kept. I don't know why. Well, because he said he was been okay. trying to take pictures of it. He's been trying to take pictures of the phenomena. He's seeing orbs. He's seeing, and he said the main issue is that he went to go take pictures and they would all disappear. And the lady promised him that if you do what we ask of you, yeah, you'll be able voice, to take yeah. as many pictures of us as they want. And he was just like, <laughs> yeah. that is incredible. Well, that's you know, most women are a pile of circles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I but, suppose. But she also said that everything that had happened to Chris and his family, the orbs, the lights, the nightmares, the shadow men, 
That'd been all her. That's me. She'd done all that. I did it. They, they were, why'd you do that? They were all doing her bidding. To fuck with you. <laughs> Thank you. She told Chris that he had to keep talking about his encounters loudly and often. And if he did so, the lady would protect him. And that he'd be told everything in time. Hmm. And she also told him, as Henry said, that they would eventually allow him to take pictures and film the orbs. And if you look at his YouTube page... He can now. He can now. He does it all the time. Okay. And he says, thank you to the lady. We showed the video again on the stream, and that was an orb. I just don't know why it was Chris Bledsoe out of everyone on Earth. What do you why? mean? The man that's why tasked was with it getting... Mary and Joseph? <laughs> a simple man, a simple woe man. But they seem to have their shit together. No, they didn't. No, I mean... They Mary... in a fucking house. She was nine months pregnant. She was homeless. It's allegorical. No, I thought they were just like on the road and shit. You think people on the road have their lives together? (laughs) Yeah. What are you talking about? They're jugglers, juggalos. Comedians. Rock stars. (laughs) Lives together. Yeah, salesmen, saleswomen. When I I think of a comedian, I think of, oh, that guy has his life together. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at me. Truckers. What about your dad? Points are being proven, (laughs) and I'm going to claim victory. I'm just going to claim victory. Now, a few days after Chris's first experience with the lady, he got a call from MUFON, North Carolina. They'd invited him to speak at a conference in Asheville, and despite his checkered past with MUFON, Chris agreed to attend. At least somebody wants me somewhere. Yeah, that is nice. But as he told his story about the orbs, the audience began mumbling and whispering. Orbs are stupid. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. It's supposed to be a safe space. Yeah, it's... Orbs, more like borbs. <laughs> borbs, that's real clever there, <laughs> Peggy. Borb. They started heckling him. Yeah. They started just fucking full-on heckling him. Oh, he can't, yeah. Honestly, he can't deal with that. No. 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 Suddenly, Chris found himself talking about his new experiences, about how, quote-unquote, this lady had just appeared and told him all sorts of important shit that everyone needed to hear. He uh, he was freestyling. He was freestyling. Oh, no. He then just blurted out that there was going to be a 6.8 magnitude earthquake in Baja, California on September 23rd, 2012, and that in fall of that year, the elections in New York would be disrupted. Yep. And? Now, of course, the earthquake did not happen. No. But the New York prediction was not far off. It was not not far off. Wait, he predicted a contentious political election? No, 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 no. no. Listen to this, Ben. Now, the 2012 race, that went off without a hitch. I mean, the one he said. The one he said. But. 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 When it came to the New York City mayoral elections of 2013, I got two words for you. Sydney Leathers. He knew. Somewhere, those <laughs> orbs told him Elliot Spitzer was going to be no, super No, nope, not Elliot Spitzer, Anthony my Wiener. friend. This Anthony is 2013. Wiener. This was the election in which Representative Anthony Rick oh, Wiener. Oh, yeah, is the Wiener. Weeds. Great documentary. It's literally called Wiener. Yeah. It's, it's a must-watch. I remember it's that one. one of the best um, political documentaries ever made. Oh, so yeah. he's claiming that he created that scenario he so did, then we got the worst it. mayor in New York City no, history no, he didn't, followed by the second worst. No, he he didn't know it. I would argue the second worst followed by the worst. But Okay, you know, sure. We, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, But 2013, that was the election in which Representative Anthony Weiner, front runner for mayor that year, was exposed as a sexting cheater going under the name Carlos Danger. Yep. Yes. His sexty, Sidney Leathers. This was his comeback, by the way. Yeah. Yep. And Sydney Leathers, by the way, that was her real name. Whoa! And yeah. she had a small art. She would do a weekly article, a, a weekly post in the New York Post, yeah. about love and relationships. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, she's sexy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> now that, of course, destroyed his campaign and handed the election to Bill De Blasio, or as Ben likes to call him, Bill De Blabio. Whoa, there you go. I 
I got him good. You want some French fries? Have you seen the French fries video? Um, it was also him taking a picture when he was rock hard with his infant baby. Yeah, the baby in the car. That was the main one. He's a registered sex offender now. I knew he was going to take what I call a pokey baby picture. <laughs> but more Aww. importantly, Wiener's sexting addiction continued and led to the confiscation of his wife's laptop after it was found that Wiener was sexting minors. Wiener's wife, of course, was Huma Abedin, yes. top advisor to Hillary Clinton. It was during the investigation into Wiener's malfeasance that the infamous Clinton emails were discovered, and those emails, as we all remember, derailed Hillary's campaign wow. in the last days of the 2016 election. So, while the 2012 New York City elections were not disrupted, the 2013 mayoral elections were quite disruptive indeed! And now, <laughs> and maybe you can believe the story about how circles are important. <laughs> and to that point, James Comey, Bill de Blasio, both six foot seven, tall grays, perhaps? <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. Are you saying that because they have gray hair? No, yep. perhaps they are indeed alien entities They're that came to destabilize yeah. the entire nation. Yes. I'm just saying their pubic hair is gray as a fox. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not specifically... Uh, take credit for, nor did he specifically um, detect any of this. You I'm extrapolated. Just saying, I'm saying you extrapolated. I'm he saying made that up. I'm extrapolating and saying it's interesting. See, is it not? It is. Now, it's around the time that Chris made these two predictions that he pivoted when it came to what he thought the orbs and the lady really were. And oddly, this pivot came as a result of MUFON. Through friends at MUFON, Chris was put into contact with a professor of religious studies at UNC Wilmington named Diana Pasolka. Hmm. Using the fact that popular depictions of robed, winged angels have nothing in common with the Bible's actual description of angels, this tenured professor told Chris that he had not been seeing UFOs at all over the years, okay. but rather angels in Jesus. their true form. How this is fucking hanging out with, like, Marianne Williamson? window out. Oh, you're seeing an angel out there. They're right, right there. Have, that's it's an just, angel. It's just so funny that, like, studying the paranormal is considered out of bounds for the education system, but they're just like... Religion have all at it. You can the, count you know, the, an angel on the head of the pin or whatever garbage, and you're just being like, you went to nine years of school for this. For well, that. I mean, the study of religion is also yes. the study of history. Yes, but when you course. start telling, but when you start telling a man that, that you're seeing angels, that you're seeing angels, that's when it kind of dips into maybe you shouldn't be tenured. But in she some was ways, tenured again, as we talked. Oh my goodness, we have a great uh, episode coming up for you all, uh, very uh, in the near future. Here, I don't want to spoil it. But when you talk about history, you can look through many lenses. Oh mm -hmm. yes. Now, Chris immediately believed this assertion, not least because it made everything a lot less frightening. It seemed to make everything sort of made a little bit more sense. He could it in a religious so he liked the angel. He thing. loved the angel because it fit into the box yes. that he had in his head that okay. it was already there. Okay. But the most positive effect was that Chris's son Jr. also found comfort because it fit into his box, Great. into his understanding of the world. Now, Chris and Diana, the biblical scholar, compared Chris's encounters to her own research, where Diana found parallels between Chris's life and those of medieval saints and mystics. But more important than their academic collaboration was the fact that Diana had connections in Hollywood. <laughs> and she figured that his story would make a great movie. Good Lord. Every, every predator of every kind <laughs> surrounding them immediately. Yeah. But the, Seriously. But here's what's interesting. She did not have bullshit connections. No. She actually knew Chad and Carrie Hayes, the men who wrote the screenplay that introduced the world's first Christian superheroes. 
They wrote The Conjuring. Which is a great, this is a companion piece to The Conjuring. It I makes a lot of really sense. I thought about it like that. But yeah, Conjuring is great. They're, I love they're that religious series. superheroes. Yeah. Okay, cool. See, since The Conjuring had done so much to change popular opinion about evil spirits and such, elevating Ed and Lorraine Warren to dangerous heights of respectability that they do not deserve. And not even respectability, also physical attractiveness. <laughs> well, that is true. And Patrick certain... Wilson is supposed to be Ed Warren. <laughs> it's incredible. I will say, though, Chris Bledsoe, oftentimes, he does describe himself as like, you know, I put uh, a sort of fashion a mustache, and a lot of people said, when they stop me, I look like a young Mike Ditka. Young Mike Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> and, he said, no. and he said that like bragging. <laughs> oh, good for him. I mean, they said young. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean here, but the picture I saw of him when you were watching the YouTube, he looks like an old Henry Lee Lucas. He's just not looking good. He's just not looking good. He's not looking good at all. <laughs> Which, oh. He's gone through a lot. But this, this is a picture of young Mike. <laughs> Look see. at this. This is Mike Ditka. You know, I mean, honestly, not that bad. I mean, it's, see, if you like a ham-based man, <laughs> a lot of people do. Thank God. Well, this woman figured this religious scholar. She figured that the Hayes brothers could do the same thing in changing people's conceptions of UFOs into something more Christian, just like you know they changed popular conceptions about evil spirits. Now, Chris decided to prey on it, but since he didn't receive a sign, he declined to work on the screenplay, working title Seraphim. Oh. oh. But soon after he said no, the oak tree on his property spontaneously burst into flames. Yeah. That's cool. Now his agent did that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, Don't mess with Hollywood. No. No accelerant was found and there was no evidence of lightning. So Chris took this as a definite sign. Work on the movie. Make the movie. The flaming bush. I mean, this guy, he's living the biblical life. Yes. So Diana and Chris worked up a spec script, <laughs> a spec script oh that was God. sent to the Hayes brothers. Written by Chris Bledsoe <laughs> and a theological professor. Uh, and they had a meeting with the screenwriters. Chris felt it. It went pretty good. It went, pr <laughs> it went well. They gave me water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... We always, you always feel they go fairly well. You know, I, I will say is, you know, three men who have been in a lot of meetings don't ever think that it went well. It doesn't. It, it, doesn't it never does. No, they because if it does, you find out that day. Yeah. <laughs> immediately you find out. Yeah. yeah. Really hate us, loathe us almost. Yeah, absolutely. We ended up arguing with them. <laughs> I have yelled. I did just recently say, I don't need this. Yeah. To someone, yeah. yeah. The project never got off the ground, and Seraphim moved to the reject pile. Oh. But when it came to connections, Chris Bledsoe's most impressive were not within Hollywood, but within the government itself. And this shit is real. That's cool. Around 2015, Chris became connected to the CIA after he foiled a bona fide assassination plot of a world leader. I have Ooh. no fucking clue. If this is remotely real, but well, he does have strange connections. He does have connections to the CIA. The assassination plot, not sure. I don't know. Jim Semivan, who was the CIA dude, he was the director of operations. Uh -huh. He got fully involved with Chris Bledsoe for some reason. Same thing with John Alexander was the guy that was in charge of the the program that would then be going to the men who stare at ghosts. We talked a little bit about yeah, this, yeah. like the U.S. sponsored search for remote viewing technology mm -hmm. like how do we make it for us how do we do it in a predictable way but these guys like, got involved with Chris Bledsoe they heard his story I think they commiserated yeah, cool. with the fear of it mixed with the interest in the topic but I I start to kind of get into this area where like 
was this man experimented on by the government? Like, was this man like literally like he had some weird relationship with these orbs? We now know, no matter what you think about these recent whistleblower allegations, the government put real money into figuring out some of this horseshit. So when they look at this guy that they might have gotten an accidental like connect to, all of a sudden he's saying, I can control these orbs. They go to it. Both Jim Semidan and John Alexander had full on visitations. At Chris Bledsoe's property, they saw UFOs in the sky that Chris Bledsoe say we're going to show up. And they thought maybe they think in some way like, well, he can control. He has some kind of communication with these orbs. Yeah. Right? And, and so it's you, interesting to and them. And if you're the government, there's no harm, no foul. No one. Worst case, no one believes them. Oh, yeah. And no so one believes Jim Semivan or John Alexander. They're both. They're all like professional yeah. mystery men. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Now, Chris said that in 2015. And this is concerning the assassination plot. Just eight years after he got the internet. (laughs) (laughs) He and an unnamed ufologist were standing near the oak tree that had spontaneously burst into flames. Named Steve. (laughs) Yeah, just hanging out by the old burnt down oak tree. Suddenly, from the tree came the disembodied voice of one of Junior's friends who happened to be dead. He was dead. Happened to be dead. The voice said... Pope, danger, heads up, danger, Pope, Warren Pope, Philadelphia. So you don't get any. It wasn't a dead 1920s newsman. (laughs) Danger, Warren Pope, Pope, danger, Pope, danger, heads up, danger, Pope, Warren Pope. That's a little closer to North Carolina, Philadelphia. So Philadelphia, the Pope, is going to be shot in the head. No, we don't know what he's... We don't know yet. Now, this caught Chris's attention because Pope Francis was indeed due to visit Philadelphia soon. My God, let me go to the Pope's calendar. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be in Philadelphia this afternoon. (laughs) So Chris called up his friend Larry Frascala and held the phone to the tree. This is real. Yeah, he said this what he (laughs) said. He just called his only Catholic friend. Yes. Suddenly, Larry heard the tree say, Congress, hit! And so... (laughs) Larry told Chris to come to Philadelphia immediately. Immediately. <laughs> so they could work together to prevent the assassination of Pope Francis. I don't know this if is this why is real. You never know what people are talking about at the booth next to you at a Denny's. No, yeah, dude. You, <laughs> you just never know. The, in the Delta Lounge where they have the call boxes. Oh. And I could definitely see Larry Friskella. And they're being like, we gotta get to Philadelphia right now to save the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fun. I mean, at this point, is it fair to say Chris is a little happier, though? Because he's, he's on a path. He's, he's got like, something to do. He's much happier. It. He's yes. activated. Yes. Yeah. But but just to drive the point home, right before Chris left, the tree said, help, 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 Chris, the Pope. We need him. We need him. Yeah. 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 Why don't we just muffle up the tree a little bit? <laughs> help, put, put some sand here on hey, the tree. Yeah. Yeah. There's a squirrel in my boss. <laughs> yeah, you're a tree. Yep. Yeah, you're a tree, so yeah, that explains it. Ah, oh, log balls. <laughs> well, Chris and Yvonne took the next flight to Philadelphia, Ooh. rushing because Chris and Larry had only three days to solve the assassination plot and <laughs> save the post life. This know. is the movie. Yeah. This is the movie Actually, you this is the story that Chris opens the book with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they stayed at Larry's house, where, much to their surprise, they also found Robert Bigelow. Didn't think I'd be here. Huh? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah, Robert Bigelow just hanging out at Larry's place. The well, Larry hell? was in this. Larry was connected to the CIA. Yeah, he was. That's what they said. Oh, yeah. But in the end, it seemed like all it took to save the Pope was a call from Larry to his connections in the CIA. So this is what they literally thought happened. 
is that he called the Pope. No. The CIA. Well, he called the CIA. Yeah. yeah. CIA who called, called the, Pope. the Pope. And then they. Or the Pope's men. It's possible. His All the secretary. Yeah, sure, sure. Possible. And then they, they changed the Pope's itinerary in Philadelphia. I mean, that's what got Reagan shot. They just put his uh, itinerary there in the public. You can know exactly where he was. So maybe that did happen. Maybe it did happen. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's the, the idea most that they plausible. Went, well, that's the most plausible thing yet, though. But can you take, imagine them stepping different like, street? But Papa Franco, Papa Franco, Papa Franco, <laughs> we have to come. Larry and Chris just called and said there's problems in Philadelphia. <laughs> no, the CIA <laughs> just called. Well, they did. Well, from what Chris said, they tightened up security and the assassination plot was supposedly prevented. And then they say that they quote unquote arrested a guy later on who was supposedly planning because then he went. The guy, Larry, so Larry, he's just like, oh, the CIA, we have to warn the CIA. Yeah. But then he called his buddy John Alexander, the remote viewing guy from, from the United States government, who then put Chris into a remote viewing process where he talked him back. And he was just like, oh, God, I'm seeing, I'm seeing water, boat ramp. Boat ramp. <laughs> and so they had to go and find out, like, it's going to happen on a boat ramp. And they're like, he's not coming by boat. He's coming by plane. It's the Pope. <sighs> and then the other, then the other guy say, like, water or say, what yeah, did he say? Waves? Like, Wa- waves. Oh, yeah. Because then the guy, then he's like, John Alexander was like, all right, let me double check this with one of my psychics. So then they called another psychic up on the phone, put him on speakerphone, ran the same remote viewing exercises with the other psychic via phone. Okay. And the other guy was like, yeah, waves. <laughs> Seeing waves. Boat ramps, waves, it all checks out. And how did that help? We don't know because <laughs> the assassination never happened. What if the people that were going to assassinate the Pope were coming via water? Interesting. Philadelphia is on the water. It could have been birds that could have gotten inside of the engines of the Pope's plane. Absolutely. And don't forget. Owls. Could be owls. Absolutely. And Pope Francis, very controversial. A lot of people thought he was loosening up the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. being more open-minded. And Mm -hmm. guess what? He didn't. Well, you know. There's a lot of talking. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. There's always so much you can do. I mean. Yeah. But it was through this adventure that Chris became friends with Jim Simivan, yeah. the CIA operative. You may also know Jim Simivan as the co-founder of the always awkwardly named To The Stars Academy. That's why we in the biz called the TTSA. The yeah. TTSA. It literally sounds like a child sex trafficking. <laughs> it's To The Stars. We ship children directly. To The Stars. And the public face of, to, of the two that's God damn it, it's so hard to fucking it's refer not to good. it. You can't, you, it's TTSA. TTSA. The TTSA. The public face of the TTSA is none other, of course, than Tom DeLong. So you, got, you got to hang out with Tom DeLong. A blink Tom DeLong, baby. And supposedly Chris and Tom DeLong had a meeting. Oh, yeah. And Chris claimed that he'd collected some drippings <laughs> that had oozed <laughs> off the orbs, which yeah. is something that he had not mentioned once during the entirety of his book. There was well, information. Just, this is had, why I've been saving all my liquid shit. From the flaming hot Doritos, the the I'm gonna send it to uh, him. But it is because there's certain things he was not allowed to reveal because of his uh, military friends. But he revealed it <laughs> in the book. He, he revealed, revealed it, it to Tom DeLong. He he not only revealed it to Tom DeLong, he revealed it in the book. Hmm. This is top secret, unless of course the man's in Blink 182. <laughs> Blink 181, Blink 182. Uh, that oh has my goodness, happened like five times now. Yes, mm-hmm. but from what Chris said, Tom DeLong took the goo to run tests. <laughs> But the goo. Oh, I'm going to run tests on this right now. Hey, Mark, <laughs> come over here. Yes, I'm Mark Hoppus. I'm JFK. I'm Mark Hoppus. I'm JFK. I like it. I like it. Yo, Mark, take a look at this. <laughs> You're just <laughs> jealous that a rock star also got into ufology and went back to me to rock star. Because he could. 
Yeah, that is because that is that your blank radio? Oh, I know that there's something in these strippings. <laughs> sounds <laughs> wrong. It sounds like a like an orphan, like a British orphan boys version of Blink One Eighty Two. That's Mister. Kinda... Will you please give me some porridge? That song about the boys' suicide is sad. Adam song. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely off the rails. This episode's like way longer than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Goo never returned. It, oh, wow. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, Tom nope. DeLong never returned the goo. The Honestly, key is come never return that goo. Thank you, Tom. Uh, but apparently it was classified. That's <laughs> the, was goo was, the goo the, got classified. The goo, goo was classified. classified. <laughs> it was classified. Okay. And that's pretty much where Chris Bledsoe stands today. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, because he is posting videos. Yeah. He's, he's showing his orbs. Yeah. And he did his best to warn us about COVID. He did. Great. He had some apocalyptic visions in twenty Easter 2019. And he said, like, there's a plague coming. Well, he went Honestly, straight. that's to, incredible. He went straight to Coast to Coast Sam. And he because what he says in his interviews, I was like, no, nah, tribe. To get the word out, you know, and I went on several YouTube specials to tell the world about COVID nineteen. I'm gonna start following him just in case. You never know. You never know. God mm-hmm. works in mysterious ways Every day. and uses strange, strange messengers. He does. In the end, though, Chris Bledsoe seems to be another man who had a highly compelling UFO experience, but must it up with grandiose notions of saving the world and embellished stories of foiling assassination attempts on world leaders. But. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, yes, from what we know about alien encounters, a large percentage of abductees say that their alien abductors send them off with a mission to spread a message of love and peace. But most don't actually do anything about it. Therefore, Aya! if you can say anything about Chris Bledsoe, it's that he at the very least puts his money where his mouth is when it comes to fulfilling the mission he was supposedly given during his alleged alien experience. I'm going to say, after this entire fantastic journey, I've come to respect Mr. Bledsoe. I, I, in too. many ways, I do. I think he's been yes. through a lot. And, you know, he's like, and I guess they say... You're still going to do it like that, though. In the end... <laughs> I just said I respect him, and you made him dumber. In the <laughs> end, I did it all for the, for the, the circles. Oh, for the circles. I thought you were going to say you, all, you, did, you, didn't, all, you no. didn't do it all for the nookie. No, he didn't. No, no, no he didn't. No, oh, yeah, a matter of fact, my nookie levels have significantly <laughs> decreased. No decreased. Well, that was actually very interesting. So that thank you guys uh, exposing recent... UFO, it's and, out there. Uh, you know, of um, uh, theory, and of course, again, his YouTube page is active. It's out there. And, uh, uh, compelling orbs. There's some compelling orbs. There are. Very and I am a a connoisseur of compelling orbs. Yes, I do think one of the videos that you showed again on the stream was a fly. Another one was, <laughs> I think it was just a woman's probably boob. You're being but, ignorant. But there were a couple. You're being ignorant. There were a few though that you do have to say. What is that? Yep. That's what I do every day. It's the first thing I say as soon as I wake up. What is that? That's, uh, a, but, hernia. Uh, guys, That's a hernia, my friend. We got we got one more episode next week that we're going to do. We're keeping it light just because we're going into a little bit of vacation. Uh-huh. We're going on a vacation because we do it every summer. We we're still take got summer. content we got coming. A, honestly, an extremely special episode is going to be coming out during our break. So you're yes. not getting a break from us. We're getting a break from us. Yes. From us. Um, it's going to end uh, with a great lesson about why drinking and driving is dangerous. Yes, it's true. Special episode. Special, special episode. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Don't. Jesse Spano. She's so excited. She just can't hide it. But Absolutely. guys, check us out at November 4th at the Palace Theater for Last Podcast on the Left Live. We're doing the Mamma Mia Here We Go Again tour for one last time. It's November Come next month. No. 
October. It's, uh, today's Woo! September. No, actually, it's no, September's the Wait, next What month. is today? We're, we're a long ways okay, from good. November. I was just yeah, like, yeah, I got yeah, we got time. No, we got I, we, I've been thinking about some of the jokes again. It's a very funny show. It it I remember it is. Distantly. It is. Is it is yes it, it is. is we're still living in the tour for three years oh yeah been living in this tour and wow. then also come and check us out the entire last podcast network it's going to be in San Diego yes. at the Balboa on October twentieth come check it out we're gonna be we're gonna yell we're gonna laugh and more yeah. importantly we're gonna learn we are gonna learn um thank you all so much for supporting everything that we do here on the last podcast network Marcus did you have anything actually I do oh. A friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, works over at Grinder. Grinder, the employees are Grindr. trying. Grinder, yeah, yeah. The gay sex app. Yes, yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was yeah, making yeah. sure. Good. Yeah, the people over at Grinder are trying to unionize right now, uh. and the brass at Grinder are using some bullshit union busting methods right now. Okay, giving everyone like two weeks to relocate across the country, or else they're going to get fired because they don't want to do remote work. They're doing. Remember some, when the Onion did that? They're doing some. Yeah, real, that worked out great. Doing some real bullshit union busting techniques. So if you want to support Grinder workers, if you want to support workers sure. in general, if you want to support unions, because in the new tech age, unions are absolutely necessary for all you people out there. You can go to grinderunited.org slash join.html and sign the petition. Sign for the petition and stay for the sex. Have a great time with it. Enjoy your life. And for those of you that are Patreon listeners, what I would like for you to do is that for our break, we're gonna we've been asked a couple times to do this again. We did it a couple years ago now. I think it was twenty when when we when were we last? It's like twenty nineteen that we did this. So we're doing another Q and A episode yeah. for the last podcast in the oh, left. So yes. if you're a Patreon user or you just email side stories lpotl at gmail.com, we're gonna choose good questions from there. But we're looking to Patreon. Ask us anything. The one thing I would really say is that we've covered our origin story in the last one. So like with something else. Yeah. Let us know what you want. Yeah, you guys know how we all met. Yeah, Ask yeah. about our process. I'm not sure what questions they could possibly have. We're open books. Open books. Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for supporting the last podcast network, our serious shows, and all the shows here. Um, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Okay. My girls are less on. I know that <laughs> if you could possibly give anyone a hail, it'd be nice if you could hail me. Hail me. Hail Chris, hail, hail Chris Bledsoe. Hail Why Chris Bledsoe. Not? Seriously. And yeah. just the concept of circles. God. Yeah. Because Chris is just, God, he's just doing the best he can. And he really is. circle never ending. No, you're right. What if you told him time was a flat circle? You think he'd be into it? I think he would fucking love it. <laughs> He'd be like, no way. Oh, guess that's what a watch is. It is a flat wow. circle. Wow. <laughs> this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.